gonna ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This much is fucking good at social dynamics and relationships. That's like a shot of a dip. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip taken right from the YouTube live sesh. I opened it up to questions on dating, relationships, social dynamics, anything in the world of human interaction. So you guys can join those live sessions over on YouTube basically every Friday, 10 a.m. Australian Central Standard Time, for the time being anyway. Now, if you guys would like to receive a quick sip of social dynamics every Friday, you can sign up to the free weekly email newsletter, The Bowl Sip. Every week, I send out a free article on Fridays. That's actually taking me quite a bit of time to write nowadays. They used to be pretty quick, but now I go real deep into them. I also use it as a way to update the resources of wisdom, which you guys can find at boldojo.com. So any quotes I found that week, uh, any music, updates to the Panda Emperor Sexy Time playlist or the We Take 9000 playlist, you know, all those things, anime, documentaries, movies, anything that's going to the resources of wisdom, you can stay up to date with that through the bowl sip so all you have to do to sign up to it is just head to boldojo.com slide your email in and then check your inbox for the confirmation email and also for all emails going forward if you don't think you've received it on friday just check your promotions folder in gmail or your spam folder in outlook etc because basically any email that has links in it gets automatically thrown into the uh, promotions thing so if you don't think you got it, just check those folders, okay? Now, if you guys are looking to dive into a little bit of deeper educational content, you can head over to boldoja.com and number one, pick up the brand new guided meditation, Eternal Energy. It's a deep dive into who you are and a guiding hand into evolving beyond. Featuring five tracks. Number one, cultivating your scented energy. Number two, revealing your darkness. Number three, creating your light. Number four, unlocking your sexual flow. And finally, wrapping things up with the fifth track, One Energy returning you back to the hole. It took me a solid two months to produce that bad boy and it's an absolute journey. So if you would like to dive into something a lot deeper, go ahead and pick that up at boldoja.com. Along with that, if you are looking to get your day game sorted, your social dynamics sorted, if you've been walking down the street and you're seeing a beautiful woman, you just don't know what the hell to do with yourself, well then I've got you covered there as well. Adam's Crash Course Kick-Ass Day Game eBook is also available at boldoja.com. Quick action guide. Most importantly, it is not a sit in your chair at home and read and then go hmm that sounds theoretically reasonable you need to actually get out there and apply that's what it's intended to be used when i created it it was meant to be something you go out with come home with reference with in terms of real world action it just doesn't really make sense until you're actually going out there and meeting people so that's what it's intended for you want to use it as your uh, teacher as your guide as your kind of pseudo adam along your journey. Along with that, I highly recommend pairing up a 30-day challenge with it. Anyone who buys the ebook, you just need to check your emails within 24 to 48 hours afterwards. I personally email basically everyone with a little tips for the ebook. And in that email, I recommend you get on a 30-day challenge and pair that with the ebook. Uh, it's just it harkens back to how I got my journey and how I corrected my life at the beginning, corrected my social freedom, freedom of choice in my dating life came through the 30-day challenge it's powerful so that's what i highly recommend and if you guys want more uh information on the 30-day challenge i often drop links in that email as well and then finally for those that are really looking to dive deeper create action plans bust through their limiting beliefs i do offer one-on-one skype coaching 
the bowl inside is probably the best way to go, which is for my deeper level clients who sign up to packages. Packages are completely customizable to you based on frequency, based on volume. But basically what bowl inside members get over once off Skype sessions is number one, priority messaging. They get access to my private WhatsApp number and within 24 hours, I will respond to them outside of Australian weekends based on anything. They need feedback on a situation they're dealing with this girl, this guy, family members, business relationships, etc. Want to check that text conversation, want to send me that audio, I'm going to be there for them. The second benefit Bowl Insiders get is priority bookings, which basically means you get fast-tracked that if you want to get in a session today and maybe someone was 50-50 about it, well, you get that session. You get your session times prioritized above everyone else. And especially for my clients uh, around the world with arranging time zones, it proves to be quite beneficial. So if you are interested in diving into the Bowl Inside packages, then you can just hit me up at bowldojo.com. In the product section, you find all the links there and actually the links to everything I've just spoken about, guided meditation, ebook, all at bowldojo.com. Just hit the product section and I'll see you soon. Now, if you guys would like to support this channel directly, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link. You can do this two ways. Number one, on bowldojo.com, in the Boulderjo podcast section, there's actually a donate straight through the website uh, link right in that section there. So you guys can get that. Or you can also just go straight to PayPal, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, Adamui, and you can donate anything that you wish. And I just want to say that whether you donate through the Super Chat on YouTube or you do it directly through the website or PayPal, anything that you donate is so greatly appreciated. It just helps keeping this show going. It lets me know that you guys truly value it. So thank you so much for all that have donated in the past and for all that will in the future. Anthony Kanchesta. And with all that being said, let's finally dive into social Q&A live. Yosha! Moshere. Moshere. Goju Rokuban, is this episode 56? Think it is. How to treat women who both love and resist you. Today, my friends, we have an absolute situation a situation of extremely rich context in which a young man reached out to me on Instagram regarding him and this woman in which that she's got a real situation. She's been cheated on yet continues to live with the man that cheated on her. He's in a sexual relationship with her. There's a lot of holes in it. And I'm just realizing how much of how much of a story this is, how much there is to unpack. And I just like, but, but let's just before we even do. We talk about this, uh, how to treat women with both the the possibility of loving and resisting you. Some of you may be able to relate to this situation that we're going to dive into on Uncle MJ, his situation today. But for a lot of you, it's going to manifest in very different ways. You might have a girl or a woman that's giving you nothing, absolutely nothing when you're actually with her. She's cold. She's stunned in her energy. She doesn't flow sexually with you at all. And you think, well, this is done. Maybe you got out on the first day, you got out on the second day. Ah, this is done. I want to see this woman probably doesn't want to see me again. But then she keeps sending you the invite. So both showing you a willingness to get into the situation, but then not really being that enthused with it. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about pain. We're going to talk about the hurt. Talk about what is it that she's actually resisting. And we look at this guy's story. It's very long. It's very deep. Which I was actually just about to flow straight into his story. But what I'm realizing is that actually... It's such a rich and deep story that we actually need to set it up a lot of context. And he actually might be here live in the session today, which would be really awesome if he is. But if he isn't, we always ride anyway. So, so there's that. We'll put those to the side. We'll talk about the water and the vessel. 
when we talk about her pain, we're talking about why would she be resisting you? And at the same time, trying to show you that she loves you. And we talk about water in the vessel, attempting to carry that frame, setting up from your point of view, burning of bridges. We need to talk about this. There's a lot to discuss here. And if you guys are new to Social Q&A Live, uh, welcome if you're here live on YouTube. But also to all of you, all of you listening in post, all of you who are asleep right now on the podcast, this is just a time where you guys can send me a question. You can drop it in the live chat right there on anything to do with dating, social dynamics, relationships, anything in the world of human interaction, and we'll get it in open Q&A. But we have this preloaded question first, and it's been a while since we had a rich story, like a, one of the story from you guys off the bat. So I'm really excited for this. And if you guys are here in the live chat right now, it would be most appreciated if you could drop a thumbs up on this video to help support the channel, help support the video, get it sent out to the rest. And uh, say hi in the chat. Let me know uh, that you're here live. And we often do class Q&A, which this will be heavy. This session will be heavy in class Q&A because there's going to be a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions. Particularly the Q&As uh, where I go back and forward with you guys and we have the chop back in the class. They're often the deepest when we have a story from one of you rather than just seminar. So that's going to be really good. I'm looking forward to that. Women who both love and resist you. How to treat them. So let's just go straight into the story. This is a long, long story, but it's rich. It's worth it. It's worth the dive. So I'm just going to refer to him as Jay. Uh, He might pop into the chat at some time. If he does, great. If he doesn't, that's fine as well. They sent me this uh, very in-depth situation on Instagram at Uitang1 if you guys aren't there yet. Jay says to me, Hey Adam, I really love the Q&A sessions you do these days. I pretty much listen to them all day while working from home connected to my WAP. <laughs> That's cheeky. Uh, the vibe makes me super productive for some reason. So, I have an interesting situation come up with a girl I am seeing and would be interested to hear your thoughts. Maybe it would be a good Q&A. Context. To cut a long story short, I met a girl, we hit it off. By the way, guys, this this is part one of the context. I asked for follow-up context. Uh, I asked follow-up questions. So if things seem a little, like I don't quite understand or things are missing, don't worry. We'll summarize it at the end. So anyways, he, he met a girl, they hit it off. Everything was pretty chill the first few months. Key word there, months. I was seeing other girls at the same time. And I'm sure she was seeing other guys. It's already a red flag there. Uh, Just early dating things. I found out that in June, she had just finished a relationship of four years. She was obviously in love with this guy throughout, but he cheated on her at the end and didn't stop texting the girl he cheated with. So she ended it. There was definitely an element of her still working through this trauma when we first met. Let's take a pause there. I don't know if that means that, well, the way he's phrased it, it makes it sound like they met after June, like they met after after the cheating thing was done. That's the way I'm going to take it. If he pops into the live chat and wants to correct that, please do. But from the gist, that's what it sounds like to me. He goes on to say, here's where things start to get interesting. I then find out she's still currently living with the same ex while we are dating. And we'll continue to do so for the next few months. The city we live in is super expensive, so they are tied into the apartment they got together until the end of February. She says she's totally over it, she has forgiven him, and their relationship has evolved into just something of a friendship. It seems her ex isn't over her, though. 
I went around once and apparently he came back early and heard us having sex and started crying once I had gone. It doesn't, uh, correct, it seems he doesn't like her talking about me and will drop sarcastic comments. I initially discussed this situation with some friends in passing and they said I should stop seeing her until she moved away from her ex. In quotes, as who knows what's going on behind closed doors. In quotes. However, this wasn't an issue for me. My friends weren't aware, but I was still casually seeing other girls. She was cool to hang out with my mind. She was cool to hang out with, and my mindset is she is free to do whatever she pleases, and so was I. The mindset good is good there, but there's another red flag that pops up. It's the same red flag as the one at the beginning. Let me just take a pause here, guys, because this is a long uh, context. When I'm mentioning red flags, and for those of you that are, are new, that's the, the pain points in the story. That's the learning points that he's going to be able to learn from and that you're all going to be questioned and quizzed on in the live chat when we get to it. So that's why I'll give specific mention to red flags so that while you're listening to this, you go, oh, okay, maybe pay, t- pay a bit more attention to that. Anyways, it goes on to say, anyway, we are spending more and more time with each other. Feelings are starting to grow fast on both sides. She's mentioned to me, she's following me for me a few times. Hmm? She's mentioned to me, she's falling for me a few times. And it, okay, and interesting grammar. We just, she just mentioned that she is in the flux of falling for him. Let's just say that. Just the way you phrased it, James, a bit strange. Uh, she even said that she loved me once during sex. I'm developing strong feelings for her too. The issue I have is I think she's still working through the previous breakup. And I am not too sure if she's ready for anything more serious. And to be honest, maybe I am. I asked if she was looking for something long term right now. Maybe not the best words. And she replied with, in quotes, what even is long term? End quotes. Yeah, there's a red flag right there for sure. I thought this was kind of strange as she had just said she loved me and tag on of what isn't even long term. So it sounds like she arced up a little bit by saying what even is long term and he thought this was a bit of a strange thing because she said she just loved him. Hmm. And we'll, we'll definitely come back to that. She, he then goes on to say, she also always mentions she has to resist me in brackets in terms of pulling back from texting, etc. In brackets, and is scared to get too attached again. To get to the crux of my question, how do you deal? How do you deal with a girl who says she's falling for you, but then is always trying to resist this as well? Do you try to help her and lead her through the situation as a man, or do you just let her be, let her work her own issues, and see if it works out? Also, how do you deal with a girl who still lives with her ex? It was really not an issue for me, but my ego does sometimes kick in. When she mentions eating dinner with her ex, going to parties with him, uh, they're still in a close-knit social circle. Further, she was meant to move out at the end of November, but she is now choosing to live with him until February. She says due to the convenience and they are still good friends, I don't know how I feel about this. And we go on from there. So, let's take a pause right there. Let's get a gist of the situation because there's actually a little bit more. Actually, wait, no, no, no. Before we do that, there's more context to come. I hit him with some follow-up questions as to what's the current status of your actual relationship right now and to what degree have you discussed the nature of this current relationship and how it should operate, aka the T's and C's. I then also asked him how did you meet and what was the initial, what was the nature of the initial intent? 
he got back to me saying, we are currently seeing each other once a week. We have discussed it a few times and have agreed not to put any labels on it and just keep things going as they are. This is fine with me. Although, if I'm being truly honest with myself, I get strong waves of feelings that I want something more serious. I don't know why, as I am always the last to want to put labels on relationships, but I can't help it at times with her. That said, she has told me she wants to live with her ex until February and then move out the convenience and the fact that they're just friends now. This has made some doubts come to the surface. Should I be dedicating a lot of time and my exclusivity to a girl who would continue to live with a recent long-term ex-boyfriend who she had such trouble getting over and caused her such trauma? I must admit my ego sometimes says to run. My ego says sometimes to run. Not that I would ever ask her to move out, but I more wonder if I should be focusing on seeing other girls as well. The flip side to this is I know this would not be acceptable for her. I met, uh, they met through a dating app. His initial intent was clear. We met two days after matching on the app and have been seeing each other every week since then. Okay, so that is the full story. And now let's get a summary. Uh, by the way, guys, I just want to check in here. None of you have said anything in the chat which leads, which is very strange. At least some of you guys come in saying hi, which, and I know there's some of you watching live. So unless the live chat is broken, because some of you guys just let me know. Maybe the, but how would I know if the live chat is broken? Uh, if you, if I can't see your comments, I guess you'd have to Instagram me. You have to DM me on Instagram. Uh, let's. I'll address that in a second. But if you're here in the live chat, say say hi. Let me know you're here. Let me know you're here for work. Unless you guys are already here and they're just not popping up in the chat. My feed is broken. <laughs> I don't know which one it is. I guess it doesn't really matter for me right now, but we'll get the summary and then we'll fix it after or address it after. Because my chat is empty. I might have to start a new window. Okay, let's get the summary on the situation here. By the way, I'm just tucking in the shirt. It's fucking me off. So I'm taking this shirt out. <laughs> Okay, so let's get the summary of the situation here. It's As you can see, it's quite a situation. It's quite an in-depth uh, piece, a puzzle that we need to address piece by piece. Met through the dating app. There was clear intent as to they like each other, let's get together. Being seeing each other once a week ever since then. And based on time frame, he said somewhere around June, I believe. Some, well, that's the idea that I get. That's the idea that I get, but it could have been shorter than that. I don't know. He said a few months, so three or four months, something like that. She got cheated on by her long-term boyfriend of four years. Four years they were together. He cheats on her, yet they continue to live with each other. At first, just because the place they're living in was super expensive, they'd signed the lease, she didn't just want to run out on him and, uh, and leave him with that. I'm not even sure if there's a contractual agreement there anyway for that. So whatever the case may be, she didn't. She chose not to leave the very situation that had caused her so much pain and so much trauma. I'm putting a highlight on this because as I said at the beginning of this podcast, we will discuss and address the pain. We will address and discuss the vessel and the water concept, which we'll get too much later on. It's one of my favorite concepts of all time. So there's that. So throughout all this, though, he's been, he's been seeing her casually. There's something he said at the beginning, though. Something that he said at the beginning, which is 
a huge point of interest, a huge red flag, and it's popped up twice. And I just want you guys to be focused on this. He said that everything was pretty chill the first few months. I was seeing other girls at the same time as seeing her. And I'm sure she was seeing other guys. There's a huge red flag there in terms of I'm sure she was seeing other guys. Whether that's correct or not is a huge red flag. Whether he's, whether he's correct about being sure. There's a massive hole in there, which also leads to the very end. And actually, uh, and so, hang on, hang on. Let me just keep the summary going. So that means he thinks she's been seeing other guys. He's definitely been seeing other girls, but he's starting to get feelings now. All right. He wants to maybe start to walk a different path with this woman, but there's so many different moving pieces. She's still living with the ex-boyfriend, not just an ex-boyfriend, though an ex-boyfriend that uh, is a deep, deep pain point for her, a reoccurring festering wound for her. She says they're just all good now. They're just friends. We're going to unpack that a little bit more later and when we get to the pain section. So his, his questions are numerous, though. His questions are not only just uh, how to deal, because there's the resisting, like the title of this podcast is the loving and the resisting. She seems to be really hot on him and you know telling him that she, she loves him during sex, but then at the same time, in his words, she's showing signs that she doesn't want to go too deep on him in fears of something in fears of something, which we'll get to a little bit later on. So there's, there's some resistance going on there. And actually, we will just bring this up from the beginning just so there's no confusion, which is what do we mean by resistance, Fit? What do we mean by resistance, guys? We're not talking about physical resistance here. I don't want there to be any hardcore feminists or low-lying Jeffreys that think when I say how to treat a woman who loves and resists you, I don't mean that in terms of she's unhappy with what you're doing and is resisting that in a real uh, sexual safety space. We're not talking about that. We're talking about on a much more spiritual, psychological level resistance that actually, and we'll pause that there because that's going to be a question for you guys. So his questions are numerous in terms of how to deal with the micro. uh, Well, that is somewhat of a micro, I guess, of her resisting, wanting to go deeper with him. We'll address that. But there's also the questions of what, how to, how, to, how to progress this going forward. And this is where we hit a block. This is where we hit the first block, but we hit before we hit the first block and start to address the real questions here. Uh, I will address some of you in the chat because we've got two people who have now come in the chat. Uh, Ivan, Ivan Lopez is coming up in here saying, if you can read this, it means everything is golden. With the uh, Give me a couple deuces. Thank you very much, Ivan, uh, for dropping that comment. That means that the live chat is working, which means that you guys are extremely... Uh, gun shy in, in the comments. If you're here in the live chat, just say something. Just say hi. It's okay. I won't buy. Don't be afraid. And then we've also got Ben Harlan coming up in here saying, hello, Adam. Good to see you. Good to have you here, Ben. Good to have you. And then we've also got Alexander Ho saying, yo, Alexander Ho, your name sounds familiar. I feel like I've seen you in this chat before, but not in a long time. So here we go. Summary's done. Context is done. I mean, it's such a deep, rich context. We're going to have to keep going back to it. And But here, here's where we begin. Here's where the real learnings begin and where I'm going to start to quiz you guys in the class Q&A, in the class sesh. So normally we tackle things chronologically. We'll just go to the back of the, the beginning of the story and just break things down flag by flag. However, that's not today. 
Because for those of you that have been listening to this podcast long enough, and maybe that you're just already hardwired into this style of thinking, which is that when we look at a problem, we don't look to solve problems that are the results of future, or sorry, previous problems. Problems that are a result of problems, aka mistakes that were born from other mistakes, are not worth addressing first because it's it's the tailed beast and it's the it's the infinite headed snake. You just keep cutting off heads and more just keep appearing. You have to go to the core mistake, the core red flag, and address that. And then all the rest of them fall away. I often call this, we don't want to reverse engineer bullshit. We look at the very first mistake. And what's interesting, though, is that the very first mistake and the mother, the core of these red flags, the flag of all flags in Jay's story here, is not at the beginning of the message. It's actually at the end of the message. It's the last thing he said, which actually was hinted towards at the beginning, but it it, it, it became un, undeniable. Undeniable that this is the core, this is the where everything started, where these issues are. Why things are so difficult for him? Why? How could you find yourself in such a difficult situation? This guy's situation, I keep saying that word, situation, that's what it is. It's a situation. But why is it so difficult? Why is that this woman, the situation with this woman who's living with her ex who cheated on her, but says that she he also she also loves him, and it's such a sticky situation. How on earth? It's like you guys might even think like Adam. We know you, we know you know what you're doing, but we're interested to hear how on earth are you going to tackle this? And when I was looking at his story here, if you were to go through it chronologically, it seems like it's a no-win situation. She's going to be stuck with her previous boyfriend of four years who cheated on her until early next year, right, February. And But his feelings keep getting deeper for her. It's like it's going to blow up at some point. Like It doesn't seem like a winnable situation here that we could get a positive situation. Not on the surface level. Until you address the core red flag, which here we go. Let's do it. Oh, we've also got Amar up in here saying, yo, good day to you, Amar. Ben Holland saying, just finished a three-hour roof job with my dad. Jesus Christ. Rough stuff, but got her all patched up. Good stuff, Ben. Good stuff. Good to have you. Okay. You're going to be in for a rough one today, though. This is not going to be an easy session for those in the class Q&A. So let's get to the first red flag, beginning with the end in mind. When he said to me, you know, I asked for follow-up context. I said, what is the nature of your current relationship and how does it operate? And he says that they're seeing each other once a week. They've agreed not to put labels on it. Things are just going fine, as they are. Hmm. Hold that. He then goes on to say, Should I be dedicating a lot of time and my exclusivity to a girl who will continue... Wait, is that the part? Yeah, hang on a second. I think it was before that. It's such a long message. Uh, before I, I think that's the part. Give me a second. I've, it's such a long message. I got to get to it. Should we get an exclusive to go? Who says she's trouble giving her? Yeah. Ah, no, no, no. Here we go. Oh, so that was the beginning of it. It's just such a long message. So yes, actually, that's where it should begin. His question of, should I be dedicating a lot of time and my exclusivity to a girl who continued to live with her recent long-term ex-boyfriend who cheated on her, who she had such trouble getting over and caused her trauma? However, 
Not that I would ever ask her to move out, but I more wonder if I should be focusing on seeing other girls as well. The flip side to this is I know this would not be acceptable for her. And there is the key. There is the number one red flag. So sorry guys, that came out a little bit rough to begin with because I, you do actually need that previous context to understand why this is the greatest red flag. He's asking about whether he should be dedicating her time, his time to her and his exclusivity despite the very difficult living situation and also her reluctance to go full balls, 100% commit old chips in on him. Should he be dedicating that exclusivity to her? That there's like That's a reasonable question, but it gives rise to the red flag that happens next. You have to understand that to understand why what I'm about to say and what he's about to say is such a problem. When he then goes on to say that, not that I could ever ask her to move out, but I'm just wondering if I should be more focusing on seeing other girls as well. The flip side to this is I know this would not be acceptable for her. That last bit. Should I be focusing on seeing other girls as well? The flip side to this is I know this would not be acceptable for her. This is the core of the issue. Now, when we look at, there's many issues, there's many red flags in this. But when we break things down, we always break things down from our 50 first, from our perspective first. And then we'll break down her 50 afterwards. If it was the reverse, if she had reached out to me, we'll break down her first. But that's not the case. So, the biggest red flag here, and I don't want to give this to you guys so straight up. I want you guys to think, think through this. So I want you guys to switch on your minds now. Why is that such an issue? When he says that, it's not even the question of should I be seeing other girls or focusing on seeing other girls despite uh, just because of the nature of the situation that it doesn't look like he's going to get to be exclusive of her anytime soon, part in because of the living situation, part in because of the reluctance on her side, the resistance to go all in on him. So should, should I just be focusing on seeing other girls? That's not so much of an issue to ask that question. It's when he goes on to say that, however, I know on the flip side, this would not be acceptable for her. As in, she would not approve of this. She would not be accepting of this. Why is that? What does that speak to? Not only there's like, you could, you could pick many faces of this. There's actually many issues within that last bit. But the reason why is the core. Now, I want you guys to figure that out. I'll give you guys a shot at least at first. Because every other mistake that happens in this story and that every other red flag that's appeared is a result of this one. I said before, this is the mother of red flags. This is the mother of the mistakes. So what is it? And what you have to understand is, and what you have to really dive into, why is it not acceptable for her? That is the issue. And if you can answer that question, you've got the red flag or you've, got, you've understood why everything has played out the way that it is. Why is it not acceptable for her? Why would he say to me and say to himself, you know, I should be focusing, should I be focusing on seeing other girls? Like, reasonable question. But even if I was to, I know this wouldn't be acceptable for her. So he's not even saying that he's going to do it or that he even, and he is saying that he can't do it because he knows that this would be unacceptable uh, from her point of view. Why is it unacceptable from her point of view? Drop your answers in the chat. And this is what I meant by, if you were, if you were paying very close attention at the beginning of this podcast and I said, it all began at the end. Like this was and the, my favorite analogy because I've spent quite a bit of time marinating on this particular story, like piecing it all through. 
because there's so much to it. Quite, quite frankly, just over the this morning and over the last couple of days, every now and again, I've just given a little bit of thought to it. Just in my own spare time because it's quite a situation. And But it all begins here. So we've got our first answer to this question from Alexander Ho, who comes in saying, she wants, oh, hold on, it's a little bit blurry. Alex comes in saying, she wants you on the leash while she go plays with other dogs. Shake my head, because he puts a question mark on the end of it. So, Alex, you're asking me a question there, since you put a question mark on the end of it. Uh, it's not actually an answer. But to the idea of she wants you on the leash while she goes plays with other dogs, not quite. Quite not quite. Pretty far off there, actually. It's probably not what's going on in her mind here. There's a we haven't discussed her pain yet, but there's a lot of pain going on with her uh, within her. I I highly doubt she is the type of woman who is trying to play multiple cards, who's trying to uh, put a blind one on him. It doesn't sound like this type of woman. But interesting first guess. Interesting first guess. So Ivan then comes in saying. My best guess is he's not being honest with himself. Is both are on the, in quotes, no no labels, in quotes, zone, then why should you mind about what she will think, kind of putting her on a pedestal? Okay, so Ivan's had a bit of of an incongruence in mindset here. It's phrased a little bit strangely, but his best guess is that he's not being honest with himself. In that, in one moment, he's trying to put, oh, this is a no-labels thing, this is free as the wind. But at the same time, he's not willing to act upon that. And that's when Ivan says, why should you mind about whether she will think it's whether she approves of it or not? Because to his point of, and my highlighted focus on when he said that, she's not going to find this, she's not going to approve of this, of him seeing other uh, women. Ivan's, Ivan's much closer than Alex, for sure, but still not quite there. Not quite there. It's good. It's not bad. I don't actually disagree with you. I definitely sense there is a little bit of an... There is some incongruence going on there, but it's not quite what we're talking about. Not quite the money. We'll keep, we'll keep flying through it, though. That's, that's a bit warmer, though, Ivan. That's a bit warmer. Like, I don't disagree that that couldn't be there, but it's just not the, the, bull, the bullseye. And Marlin comes in saying he's coming from a place of scarcity. So Amar is hitting on the same thing as Ivan. Amar and Ivan on the same thought thought space? Potentially. Potentially. Uh, but there's no concrete evidence of that. To make a statement saying he's coming from a place of scarcity, I'll disagree with that because there's nothing in his story. He's been seeing other girls casually this entire time. At least, interesting though, because that brings up a question of did he stop seeing casual girls, girls casually, when he started to develop feelings for him, for her. Because as I, as far as I know, based on what he's told me, he's still in the throes of seeing other girls casually. But it's interesting that Amar has put that in there because if you actually go reread through the story, now that I'm thinking about it, there was a marked change in the way he started phrasing his statements. So it would be good to have him, him here in the live session to clear this up. Either way, we're not going to get stuck on that point. Because you could definitely take a swing at saying maybe he did stop seeing other girls casually when he started de- developing deeper feelings. 
that's definitely a potential. And in which that maybe maybe the elements of scarcity that Ivan and Omar are talking about are starting to play a little bit more. Because that's the way that I'm hearing you guys are interpreting it now. And uh, he hasn't explicitly said that, which is why that hasn't quite dinged in my mind. But that's an interesting angle. Not bad. Ben then comes in saying, he's allowing her to dictate what he does. Failure of his masculine intent. Now we're getting a bit closer. We're getting a little bit, we're getting a little bit closer in terms of the space of thought I want you guys to enter. Let me just reiterate it here. Because even though this is the core issue, it's not that I, just because it's the core issue and it's the mistake that gives rise to all the other mistakes, that doesn't mean that I necessarily want to spend ridiculous amounts of time on it. I want to be targeted. I want to keep things running. So just listen to this again, guys. Should I be dedicating a lot of time and my exclusivity to a girl who will continue to live with her recent ex-boyfriend, was with him for four years, he cheated on her. So we haven't even addressed the pain. The pain is what was going to be part two of this podcast. But we're not there yet. And then goes on to say, but I wonder, not, and I can't even, I, there's not that I would ever ask her to move out, but I more wonder if I should be focusing on seeing other girls as well. So even the fact that he's asked that question definitely gives a little bit more credit to what Amar and Ivan are saying, particularly Amar with the scarcity point. But I'm sure Ivan was also being there with that as well, probably somewhere in Ivan's. Should I be focusing on seeing other girls as well? Because what that infers is that you are not seeing other girls as well. Doesn't it? I mean, we could be wrong. He could just... He could be thinking from just a, a, a third perspective, maybe, maybe thinking from a future perspective. He could be seeing other girls. I can't say that for sure. I'm very careful not to make deep assumptions of things. We keep our minds open. We play the Shikamaru, all right? We play the Shikamaru game here, which all possibilities are open and we run a contingency for all of them. But it's interesting. That, that definitely infers something, at least if not in reality, at least in mentality. Because just the fact that he's asked that question definitely speaks to Amar and Ivan. So I'll give you guys a point there for sure. What they said anyway. But anyways, when he then goes on to say, the flip side to this, oh yeah, should I be focusing on seeing other girls as well? Question mark. The flip side to this is I know it would not be acceptable for her. So what none of you have have hit the point on is a is the mistake of the mistake. The mistake of how did this all begin? Where did all these mistakes go on from? While all of you have not necessarily or Alex was the only one who I thought was pretty far off, but the rest of you guys were pretty Pretty close, especially with Ben, in terms of he's allowing her to dictate what he does, fail with masculine intent. Ben then went on to say, I feel his lack of congruence with her and with his purpose are the keystone here. He has stopped progressing on his journey and begun to get starry eyes for the girl, Moon. So, Ben, I, I definitely agree with that, but that's way too macro for this stage of the podcast. I definitely love what you say there, though. We will get to that for later on down the podcast, but on a real tactical sense, you guys have missed a a mind-numbingly obvious red flag in your face. Why is it? Because the question, and I tried to point you guys towards it as much as I could without giving you the answer, which is why is it not acceptable for her? Why is it not acceptable for her? Not in principle, not in like in a much more macro philosophical way. What I'm talking about is that, what does that infer? If he's asking the question of, should I be focusing on seeing other girls, yet I know that 
this wouldn't be acceptable for her. What does that speak to? What does that already tell us about the nature of their current relationship? No framework. No structure. No clarity. No understanding of not only the macro, but the micros of this open and free relationship. Because what he's attempted to describe here is that they are in an open and free relationship. Now, if you guys would like more information on that, how to set it up correctly, done a full podcast on it just very recently. It's about four ago. Uh, how to set up, how to, how to bring up casual relationships and go through all the principles there. So bring it back here. Can you guys now see? Why is it not acceptable? Why is he already understood that it's not acceptable that she won't accept him going out and seeing lots of other girls? That brings up a lot of issues of it of itself because they've said that there are no labels. But aha, there you go. They have a macro, very loose understanding of what this relationship is, which is that we're not going to call it anything. I'm not going to lock you down. I'm not going to be locked down. We're just going to see how things go. Very ambiguous. Very murky. Not a lot of clarity going on in this. Not a lot of expectation. Not, not only in the macro or the micro. The macros aren't very specific and there are no micros to speak of. No micros to speak of. And peop- my friends, where do people burn? For those of you that have seen uh, all the content recently, uh, particularly dealing with open and free relationships, where do people burn? In the micros. Most people can harmonize a macro idea of what an open and free relationship is in their minds. It doesn't mean much though until you actually start applying it in real life in the micros of that. Listen, I'm only going to see you once a week maximum. You're going to see other people. I'm going to see other people. I'm not going to meet your friends. You're not going to meet my friends or family. All right? Our nature of communications is going to be logistical right? so that we keep our world separate. And then, but and so you won't get much of me, and I won't get much of you. But then, the time that we do get each other, when we meet each other on the moons, we bridge those worlds, we get all of each other, and then back to the respective worlds, not to interconnect much at all. People burn in those micros, which Jay has not set up. I and this is one thing that I can be damn sure on has not been set up because of the very thing that they that he said. Listen to this. Should I be focusing on seeing other girls as well? The flip side to this is that I know that it would not be acceptable for her. So you could play word games of that and go, well, what's not acceptable? Not acceptable of her, of she won't accept him, him seeing other women, or she won't accept her having to see other guys as well at the same time. It could be both, but it's at least at a minimum that there is not a mutual understanding here of what the micros of this relationship looks like. So now, can you see how mistakes born mistakes? Mistakes give birth to more mistakes. He's in, this is the perfect analogy. From the moment he started walking across this bridge with her, he'd already set it on fire. From the moment they started walking. And it's because of what he forgot to do. It was the lack of what he did. He started this relationship with her. Let's see what happens. Let's, let's just see. Let's just hope it works itself out. Lack of clarity. Ambiguous. No direct, clear discussion of what is expected both on a macro and micro in terms of who we are, what we are together in relation. So we'll, so we'll put that to the side 
and we'll just see how it goes. We'll see how we walk. And what he didn't realize was that he was walking into the den of all dens. He was walking into the tiger den that no one could have foreseen. He had no idea about this previous pain with the boyfriend that she's in a locked-in living situation with who he cheated on her, and yet now they're friends. We're going to address that later. We'll address the friends thing later. So not only does he not have a bridge to walk back over because he already set it on fire from the moment they started walking, basically what I want you guys to visualize here is that he met a girl on the riverbank. They decided to hold hands loosely, let's say hold fingers together, and then walk across the bridge in a journey together. But just before he said, hey, you get a step forward, just before we do, he took a lighter and he lit the, he lit the rope on fire. The ropes that held this bridge up, he started it on fire so that he could no longer walk back. That's the situation he's currently in. Because what do you mean, Adam? What do you mean he can't walk back? Why, why, can't, he, uh, why can't he now have a... Here's the, here's the question for you guys. Now that I've started you with that analogy, you guys tell me, why can't he go back? Why can't he walk back? Why is it that the bridge is now on fire behind him and that he can only keep walking forward now into the tiger's den? Why? Why can't, and what does that mean in real terms? Why can't he now, as a result of listening to this podcast, have a, just as you always say, Adam, sit down with her, green tea and chill, candles, set up the situation, relaxed environment, and have a direct, congruent, authentic discussion with her about where he is, where she is, and what they are. Why can't he do that and then now enter a new relationship with her that would set up the open and free principles that we have discussed so heavily of macro mentality of that I need to learn about myself in relation to others. You need to learn about yourself in relation to others, which means that we need to be able to be free, see each other, see other people and learn ourselves in relation to other people, which means you need to see others, I need to see others. And then that's on macro, but then in micro, only seeing each other maximum once a week, probably only twice a month. Nature of communications, logistical, nature of social interaction, no friends, no family. Right? Nature of sexual awareness of other partners, loose awareness, but no details. Right? All the key pillars of open and free. Why can't he do that now? Why is the bridge on fire? Someone answer that in the chat. If you could answer that, that's money. That's Zenny right there. Why is, how is the bridge on fire? Why is it irreparable is what I'm saying. Why is there no going back now? Why is it that, that there's a point of no return the bridge is plank by plank and thread by thread burning behind him. Why is that the situation? Damn, this water is good. Nothing gets me hot like hot, cold water. <laughs> Maybe it's because of the cold showers and the cold plunging. I just, I live for the cold. It's bloody hot today though. So I'm waiting for you guys' answers up in the chat. I'll give you guys a moment because I know it's a big question. I know it's, well, it's a big question in terms of its ramifications, but it's not that difficult of a question if you can understand her mind, her perspective, where she's coming from. Ben High comes in with the first answer, saying, he purposefully neglected to establish what they are, and now she has taken control of the frame and made him kind of cucked to her. Him trying to come back in a new frame would fail because she won't allow such things. 
It's very interesting how Ben and Ivan are almost on the same wavelength. Oh, no, no, sorry, not Ivan. Wait. No, no, not Ivan. Ben and Alexander Ho, because Alexander Ho had said something before at the beginning saying that she wants you on the leash while she goes and plays with other dogs. Really far off uh, in terms of, I really doubt that's what's going on in her mind. But in terms of what Ben said, that she is taking control of the frame and made him kind of cuck to her, him trying to go back into a new frame now, him trying to come back in a new frame would fail because she won't allow such things. Where you guys are aligned, even though your messages are very different, like the phases of them, the energy they've both given me is that of darkness. You've both chosen a very dark feminine mentality, uh, which is not where my mind goes first at all. While I don't disagree with you, Ben, in terms of the final part you said when he says that him trying to come back in a new frame would fail because she won't allow such things. That part is definitely very close. The beginning part about the cucking and her getting in a position of consciously trying to take control and power, I'm not saying that's incorrect. I don't know her. I don't know him. Again, we're going to shikamaru this and keep all the possibilities open. But but it's not... I, I don't like to take a dark light first. While I admit that there are definitely some women that will that do operate with that cucking mentality, that do want, do get a rise from the power of uh, having control over several different men in their lives. It's not, it's not common though. It's not all women. It's definitely not the majority of women. That's why it's not where my mind would go first because I'm always thinking about what I'm looking about optimizing for consistency. Eight out of 10 times. If that was this type of girl, that would be a two out of 10 situation. Okay, so, but to the point of what Ben said at the end, when he said that him trying to come back in a new frame would fail because she won't allow such things. If we now reinterpret that in a more light way, in a way that's not so deep-seated with darkness, how would that sound? Because that's actually quite correct. Just not to the reason Ben gave it, so I can't give it to Ben, but I want to keep this rolling. So, why is the bridge burning behind him? Why can't he go back? Why can't he reverse it? Why can't he sit down with her now and now say to her, okay, listen, I have no, I acknowledge there's been very little clarity here and we need to get clarity around who we are, what we are together in relation. So this is the new relationship I want to set up. Open and free principles, et cetera, as I've already discussed numerous times. Why will that not be acceptable from her point of view? It's not what she signed up to. It is not what she signed up to. You cannot change the T's and C's of a relationship on a woman that she did not sign up to. If you, if he signed a contract with her in psychology, in spirituality, in social dynamics, in which that we're going to keep things very loose, very free, we're not going to put labels on them, uh, no expectations, we're just going to see each other once a week, and that's it. That's the contract that they signed together, that they've been operating on. For him to now come in tear that contract up and write a new one that is of the very opposite nature, a nature of which is that is extremely targeted, direct, that is the absolute opposite of ambiguity. It is so explicit that there is no room for leeway. For There is no leg room. There is no moving room. It's either you're in or you're out. 
you can see why this is unacceptable. It's not unacceptable because I because of what Ben and uh, Alexander Ho were coming with a dark mindset of that. She would reject that purely because no, she's in power now. She's got the power position, and she won't she won't have him coming back trying to take power back from her. That's the mindset those two have come in with. I don't think that's the place she's coming from. It's definitely possible, but I would not lean that way. That's a two out of ten situation. If it is, if she is, if Jay comes in here and says that is the type of woman she is, nah, he would have mentioned that in the message. He definitely would have messaged that, mentioned that in the message. So that's why I just I don't get that. My intuition is not giving me that at all. That's not to say it's not possible, though. It's not to say it's not possible. It's just I doubt it's this situation. What is most likely this situation is that let's say they do have that conversation. Let's say Jay hears this and goes, all right, I've been, I've been too unclear. I've been too confusing. I haven't been given, I haven't been set in the frame. I haven't been doing, honoring my role as the masculine. In fact, I've been leading her into deeper pain, which we'll get to. I can't wait to get to that point. We'll get there. So to correct this, I will sit down with her and construct a new contract in psychology, spirituality, and social dynamics with her as to who we are, what we are in relation. And I attempt to go in through the open and free, not only in the macro, in terms of what that means on as to our positions in life, but in micro, what that means in the real day-to-day. She will receive that. How do oh, God, Hang on. You have a think about that. How do you think she's going to receive that? If you chuck out the possibility for now anyway of the dark power play and just what, how would most women receive that? A complete tearing up of the previous contract with no notice where everything previously seemed fine and now the construction of a new contract that is the absolute opposite that is now, and it's, it's, it's within that, the opposite. She's been trained and patterned and behaved in a certain way, as have you. You've both been operating in a certain pattern, in the words of Stephen Covey, in a different paradigm, in a different dimension of reality in which that you perceive not only yourself, but her, but you two in relation. So now when you attempt to construct a new relationship that throws away all of those dimensions and creates new ones, you're asking her to sign up to a new relationship. In theory, it doesn't seem like it would be that much of an issue. Doesn't seem like it'd be that. Like, like, well, people can't be that inflexible, Adam. People can be that inflexible. It's not. In fact, it's not even a thing of inflexibility. It's a thing of desire. It's not. It's not even that. That she would decline this because of the nature of who he is. I'm sure she does have deep feelings for him. I'm sure that she does because we're going to get to the resistance a little bit later on. I'm sure that there is some part of her that would like to go a little bit deeper with him. It's just that there was a bridge they were walking and it's already on fire. That's what I mean by the fire. That's what I mean by the moment they started walking. So let's bring this back and let's summarize this point so we can keep moving him. When I said that the fire didn't even begin halfway through them walking together on this journey. The fire began from the very moment he decided to not set up the relationship clearly. That was the fire. That was him putting a torch to the beginning of the, of the drawstring. That was it. And so ever since then, it's just been following them along and will continue to follow them along. 
Because where does this end up, my friends? Where does this end up when we play this future play now? What op- what options does he have? I sense a multiple choice coming. What options does he have? A, that he sits down with her and attempts to construct a new contract in which that, okay, I'm going to try and right the wrongs, which we know now are not going to happen. How can I be so sure of this? Let me just put a pause here. How can I be so sure that if he was to sit down with her and construct this new and actually have the direct, open and honest conversation for that sets up the open and free relationship correctly from the beginning, as I instructed in that hardcore podcast and many times and discussed in this podcast many times. How am I so sure that she won't accept that? How am I so sure? I've never once seen it work. Not with myself. I have made that mistake many times myself. Not with any clients. I've never seen a woman... I've, I have, however, seen women that just due to how deep they are in on you, that will on word level agree to it, but then a couple of weeks later break down because they're so attached to you, so deep to you, If depending on the stage in the relationship that you're in with them, that they will actually say yes to the construction of the new contract. However, inside their hearts, they're hating. It's all pain inside their hearts because it's a complete flip, a complete black flip, on what they thought they were, what she thought they were. So it breaks down eventually, within a few weeks, within a few months. There's, there's, it's essentially, there's a time bomb on it. But it never works out. It never works out to, to, to start off a relationship in a certain style. And it's not, even this relationship, it was, monot- it was open and free to a certain extent, but without micros. I recently was just coaching two clients, two separate clients on this. One who was about to construct an open and free relationship with about essentially about to make the exact same mistake that this guy is currently making and has made. He was about to, by just saying, oh, you know, I don't think we need to have the micros and the whole discussion setting up the open and free relationship. I think because she's really experienced, she'll just get it. She'll just get it. And I'm like, that is the height of arrogance. That is the height of arrogance. But by all means, go make the mistake. I'm not telling you not to. Go make the mistake. He heeded my advice and decided not to do that and did set up the relationship and things seem to be going quite well. On the other, on another client situation, he he's made the exact same mistake that this guy has made in which that, but for a different reason, in which that actually similar to the other client's reason because he was with a woman who was more experienced. He thought it was acceptable to not set the micros of the open and free relationship because he thought, oh, she'll get it. She's experienced. She won't, you know, it won't be too much skin off, on of her off her teeth. But it broke down. It broke down. He caused uh, pain, mistrust, broken connection with her. When he attempted to do the very thing, the very thing. This is beautiful. This is. I didn't even realize this when I started telling the story. Jay, as you're listening to this, I literally have a client that attempted to do option A of what we're describing here. And this is what always happens. I've done it myself and I've seen it happen many times. In which that he realized that the relationship they had lacked clarity, lacked structure. So he attempted to have the direct open conversation with her, resetting the T's and C's, resetting the principles of this relationship with her. How do you think she reacted? On word level, she agreed because she really likes him. Breakdown appeared immediately. Cracks. Cracks. Threads started tearing apart on the bridge. 
just the comments here and there about him seeing other girls, uh, the, the, the going cold on him. And within a matter of a couple of weeks, she broke up with him. That breakup should have happened immediately, though. It's just that with some girls, if they're a little bit deeper on you, they'll find they'll find it somewhere in themselves to say, okay, yes, all right, I'll agree to this new open and free casual relationship with the micros that you've described, even though it's completely the opposite of what of what I thought we were going down. But because I like you so much, we'll do with it. Give her a couple of weeks to live through it, though. Give her a couple of weeks to burn in that fire, and she'll she'll want out. She will wander out. And that's exactly what happens every time, at least up until now, that I've seen what I've attempted to do it back when I was much younger and for every client that I've seen do it. you you're, When you set the bridge on fire by not setting up a relationship with clarity from the beginning, you always have the potential to jump off at any moment and jump into the river because you're the one who set up this bridge. You're the one who's leading her down this bridge. But at some stage, she's going to get burnt. At some stage, she's going to get burnt. At least if you continue walking the same way that you do. Especially if you try to do what most guys attempt to do, which is in their logical minds, is that, okay, I've been making these mistakes. There was lack of clarity. Now I just need to bring in clarity. And then it'll be all good, right? It'll be all good. No. Nope. She expected a certain type of bridge. And when you decided to change that bridge, the fire caught up. She got burnt. So I'm going to take a pause right there. There's more to discuss. There's more options, of course, because it can't, because remember I said at the beginning of this podcast, it seems like a no-win situation for him. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe there is something that can be done here. I painted a pretty dark uh, situation, though. I have painted you guys into a wall here. So let me just address some of you guys in the chat. By the way, if you are enjoying the session, just go ahead and drop a thumbs up on this video. That'd be most appreciated. Help support the channel. Help support what's going on. So we've got a few bits. We've got a few bits of chat up in here. Ah, Jay New would come in saying, aka Johnny Nguyen come in saying, Ojimashmas, aka excuse the intrusion, for the late arrival, was cold approaching and enjoying some green tea in Washington Square. Thank you for telling me that, Jay. Uh, Jay, later on in open Q&A, could you please describe to me the social situation in New York right now? Because one of my clients in New York just asked me today, do do I know of anyone else who's been going out in the day in New York? So don't drop it now because it's not relevant to right now. But when we get to open Q&A, let me know the current social dynamic situation in New York. That'd be most appreciated if you could. Good to have you. Ben Hine then would come and say, she would rather continue to live in the free state they established and not him exclusively have her since she just broke up a long term with one and has not yet let it go. Huh. Huh. Ben has brought in the pain for the first time. The last little bit there. She just broke off a long term one and has not yet let it go. The pain is coming. The pain is coming. I'm very excited for that part of this podcast. To do with her pain. Understanding her. Yeah. Ivan then came in saying would come off as dishonest and the trust bridge would be burned. Very good, Ivan. That's money. That's any there. I don't mind that at all. Jacob Ramirez comes in saying his intention was not to please his partner, just himself, giving the girl the power. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. 
I don't think he was necessarily being that selfish. And I think that most guys that make this mistake aren't doing it just to please themselves. I agree with you that there are certainly some guys that intentionally go about not setting up clear parameters, dimensions for their relationships just because they don't give a fuck about the person on the other end. I agree with you. There are definitely people that definitely fit that bill. However, that's not this guy. Uh, I don't think this guy was coming from such a dark place. I think this guy just got a little bit love drunk. Got a little bit... uh, But what's interesting, though, my friends, is that the love drunkness doesn't appear to the end. But by the time it appears, it's too late, isn't it? Which is why we must be trained, well-trained, to prevent these mistakes from happening before they even begin. It's it's like when people say to me, uh, why do I have to go through these uh, open and free casual relationships from the beginning, these open and free style relationships? And... It's because of what they prevent. No one's saying you have to be in them for life. I've never said that it has to be your lifestyle, but it's what it prevents. And it's exactly exactly in this situation what it has not prevented because he chose not to do it in terms of setting up clear relationship dimensions and framework. Because he has neglected that and has not done that, such pain is now being caused and we will be caused. He's not, he hasn't there yet. Like we're talking about future play for him. But I can already see the future for him. And there's more options to come. We're not there. We haven't finished it all yet. There's, uh, there's more to flesh out here. But it's interesting. That's, that's why you need to be... That's why the clarity from the get. Clarity from the get because it prevents pain in the long. Will prevent... Will uh, cause pain in the short term though if your ego is not ready to receive a no. Jay just coming in saying, by the way, I'm getting some lag on the video. Don't know if anyone else is, though. Hmm. My internet connection seems uh, pretty damn strong. So, I mean, not that I could, there's nothing I can do about it. But my internet's saying it's green. So it might be on uh, your situation, my friend. However, however, YouTube, the YouTube live scheduling recently recently got fucked with and I had to set up a whole different stream key. So that's interesting that you mentioned that, Jay. So anyone else, could you please, uh, could you please, some of you who are here live, could you please let me know if there's a lot of lag going on? Because I believe this is on low latency, which basically just means that it should be basically real time for you guys. But it does say excellent connection on my end. So that... That doesn't, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. But what I would just, uh, what I would appreciate is if you guys could drop me in the chat. Just let me know if the video and audio is good. Let me know if it's all working in sync. Otherwise, I'll have to address that. And not that I can do anything about it now, but something that I'll address in post. Just let me know. That'd be much appreciated. Thanks for voicing that, Jay. Because I did have to fuck with some settings. Okay, so getting back on topic here. Ben Hyde comes in saying, most women would not take it seriously as habits have already been set. And he says, nah, mate, my video is crystal. Ah, thank you, Ben. Thank you. It should be crystal clear. It's saying that it's excellent connection on my end. And they're like, Jay is saying it's too late. There will always be seeds of doubt, even if she agrees. It's deeply psychological and inseparable from his being at this point in time. It may work given enough time and growth on the part of both people, but only if those seeds of doubt are bygones. I've lived through a similar experience and it's simply not possible to put a band-aid on a leaking boat. Not for long, at least. 
Jay essentially just resounding what I'm saying there, which is that once it's once the once the bridge is on fire, it's on fire. Hmm. Anyways, continuing on, La Janus comes in saying, "Women differ around the world. In Iceland, you may just have a coffee and then it's done. In Asia, it takes five dates and plus." I definitely agree with the point of that women differ around the world, a la. However, that is not relevant to what we are discussing right now. So, thank you, but <laughs> I agree. Uh, but I would say women differ from the from the door next to you. Dr. DSW. I don't think I've ever seen you in this chat. It says everything's good here. Thank you, though. Thank you for that uh, feedback. Jay is saying the buffering comes in and out, but I'm working with it. Well, everyone else says it's good. So what it sounds like, Jay, is that it's your connection on your end. And because I can also see my connection and it says that it's strong. Okay. So let's move on here. Let's move on to the next part. Uh, we, we were going through a very lengthy multiple choice here. We're working through what are this guy's possible options because it seems like he's in a no-win situation here. It seems like on surface... The best case scenario, well, the male mind, the male mind, the best case scenario is to do, is to directly fix the mistake that was uh, made, which was that there was lack of clarity at the beginning of the relationship, no T's and C's. So if that's the issue, I'll fix that by going and doing the, uh, doing the exact opposite, giving her all the clarity. We now understand that that's not going to work because that's essentially tearing up an old contract and attempting to write a new one. That she never even signed up to. She may, on surface level, in words, agree to that for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, but it will burn. She will be burning the entire time. There will be a lot of pain going on, so I would not recommend. And she'll have to jump off the bridge to get into the water at some point anyway. So we're not going to go down that path. Well, I wouldn't. I would not recommend. So what else? What other options does he have here? The pain. The pain. Why am I smiling so much with the pain? I think it's because this is where you transition from boy to man. This is where if you can understand the pain that she goes through, and especially when we're talking about a woman who both indicates loving and resisting in terms of a deep uh, affection for you, but at the same time, a deep resistance to wanting to go deeper on you, you can understand the pain of what is causing that bipolar nature. Well, then you really start to elevate yourself into a different league, a different level of masculine being. Because first off, most masculines and most guys don't even take the time to try and understand what type of pain she's going through that would lead her to give you this type of behavior. Most guys just self-interpret and go, that must be something that I'm doing. So let's, t- let's go straight into this then. When he says that I, f- I feel like she resists me, how do I deal with a woman who is both resisting me but also saying that she's in love with me? I'll give this guys. I'll give this the question to you guys in the chat. This should be answerable if you switched on. What is she resisting? What is she resisting? The the details he gave us in his words were. Let me get it for you guys. But if you've been following this entire time, you probably don't even need this micro. I'll give it to you anyway. But. Let me just find it here in his chat. It's a long one. 
Here we go. He, in his words, she says, she also always mentions she has to resist me in terms of pulling back from testing, etc., and is scared to get too attached again. So what is she resisting? I don't want to lead this question too much. I just want to see those of you that are really switched on. You might be really far off. In fact, a lot of people in this chat this morning have been really far off. That's okay. That's what we're here for. We're here to learn. And I want you guys to be courageous in your answers. Don't give me a half bakes. Just give me your best guess. Give me your best idea. She vocalizes to him. She has to stop herself. She has to resist going too deep on him in micros, over texting, over wanting to be with him, I'm sure. Because she doesn't want to get, she's scared of getting too attached again. So what is it that she's resisting? This is the door. This is the door now. I want to see if any of you can walk through it. I'll give you time, drop it in the chat. Because if you can understand the resistance point, well, you have to understand the resistance point to understand what happens next. The typical male mind or the uninitiated mind that is not schooled in social dynamics would say that, well, she's resisting me. She's resisting the idea of me. And now that we have a lot more context, she's resisting me because I haven't done what the masculine needed to do at the beginning, which is set up clear parameters and dimensions for this relationship. So that's what she's resisting, right? She's resisting me. Not yet. She can resist that. That's not what's happening here, though. Remember, in option A or the part that we went in just before this, talking about why it's not a good idea for him to go and try and change the nature of this relationship with her, that hasn't actually happened yet. I was just painting out how that happens and what will happen if he does that. Hasn't actually happened yet, though. So she's not resisting anything new. She's definitely not resisting, and she's certainly not resisting him. Yet, but Adam, hey, hey, it's very confusing because didn't she say she's resisting him? Chatta. Didn't she say she also mentions she has to resist me and is scared to get too attached again to me? So on the surface, the male logical mind would go, hmm, she's resisting me. And in this guy's scenario, now that we have the enlightenment of that, it was a very poorly set relationship. The dimensions were set up in extreme inadequacy. She must be resisting that. She must be harboring some kind of feelings that, yeah, this was not good from the beginning, but she's just kind of dealing with it. And, you know, so she's having to resist going too deep on a bad situation. You know, that's kind of like the male mind and how he would logically unpackage that but it's it's actually couldn't be any further from it you couldn't be any more wrong if you went down that thought line as is often the case if you take the male thinking when dealing with a feminine perspective how about that isn't that interesting okay so we got our first answers coming up in here from ben high 
to my question of what is it that she's resisting? Ben High says, she's resisting finding someone who could fill the void that her breakup caused. She thought she had a Prince Charming, but now she's resisting leaving the toxicity of her past. Well, actually, Ben actually said now she's resting leaving, but I think he means resisting, leaving the toxicity of her past. As you've said a couple deep things there, Ben. I'm going to have to go back over that. Ben says she's resisting finding someone who could fill the void that her breakup caused. What do you, I don't, I'm not quite sure what you mean by that. You're saying that she doesn't want to find someone who could fill the void that her breakup caused. That's what you're saying there, Ben, but that doesn't really make a lot of logical sense. Why would she want to find someone that would fill the void that her breakup caused? Hmm. Anyways, moving on. She, he then goes on to say she thought she had a Prince Charming, but now she's resisting leaving the toxicity of her past. I don't even know what you mean by she thought she had a Prince Charming. You'd have to explain what that means. But the final bit that you say. So the first two parts you've said are very confusing, but the final part when you say she's resisting leaving the toxicity of her past. You are very close to that. What have I been hinting that I'm most excited about in this podcast? Pain. The pain. I'm going to just pause that right there. I won't come back to you, Ben. Because you've... But even when you said that she's resisting leaving the toxicity of her past, you've, you've gotten a couple leagues too deep for where we are in this conversation. We haven't even opened up the conversation of pain yet. But I will come back to that because your point there will be more relevant in in about two more points. That's very good though. I like the very end of it. Jay New then come in saying, yeah, she's imagining a worst case scenario in her mind and resisting that. Not Jay in particular, but a masculine being and energy. There are pre-existing seeds of pain and doubt that she's carrying into this potential relationship, I think Ben is saying that she's resisting rebounding. Okay, so let's forget the last bit there. Let's just try and understand what Jay say. Jay says that she's imagining a worst-case scenario in her mind. What is that worst-case scenario? Jay, what is the worst-case scenario? He then goes on to say, not Jay in particular, but a masculine being and energy. Why would a masculine being and energy be the worst-case scenario? That doesn't make any sense. And then goes on to say, there are pre-existing seeds of pain, pain and doubt that she's carrying into this potential relationship. Good, good. So Jay hit the, hit the first door. Pain and doubt, seeds of pain and doubt. You and Ben are a little, little bit off, a little bit of, mostly off. I'll say mostly off. But there's, two, there's one point that Ben hit that'll be more relevant a little bit later on and one point that is relevant right now that Jay's brought up in terms of, Seeds of pain and doubt. So the question was, what is she resisting? On surface level, when she says that, actually telling him that I have to resist you, okay, she actually has to resist him. That's what she's saying to him. That's not what she's resisting though. Despite the lack of, of dimension and clarity set up in the relationship, which is a huge red flag on his part. 
Despite that, that she hasn't been burnt by that yet. The flames are quickly catching up though, and will pick up speed as the winds come. But those winds have not arrived yet. That burning comes later when he has to attempt to change the relationship, potentially. We'll get to that a little later on. That burning, she hasn't been burned yet though. So if you were to interpret what she says there as, I have to resist you because I'm scared to get attached again, as in, oh, well, she's, she's, she's resisting getting burnt by him in terms of the nature of what the relationship will be in the future. We're not there yet. She's not there yet. They're not there yet. That hasn't been brought up yet. That's a potential fire that is very close behind them. However, there is a fire that was set way back. There is a fire to what Janu said, seeds of pain and doubt that were pre-existing. There was a fire that's been burning inside of her that when we read out the context of this entire story, which I don't think Jay was even here for, we have to go right back to the beginning for this. Have a listen to this. In his message to me, setting up the initial context, when he said, I find out, you know, they've been seeing each other casually for a little bit of time. He finds out that she's still currently living with the ex who cheated on her after four years of being together. Hang, it's even a little more to that. He even said before that, he found out that in June, she had just finished her relationship of four years. She was in love, obviously in love with this guy throughout, but he cheated on her at the end and didn't stop texting the girl he cheated with. So she ended it. There was definitely an element of her still working through this trauma when we first met. <clears throat> what she is resisting is certainly getting burnt again, but not by Jay. And not by what Jay is potentially about to do, but by herself. Think about the pain now. Think about the pain inside of her. The reason why this gives me such reason to smile is because this is where the enlightenment lies. Can you please put yourself in her situation for a moment? You've been in a relationship with someone for four years. I don't know how old these two are. But I would guess anywhere within 20s to 30s. I wouldn't say any older than late 30s. At the oldest, mid-30s. My best guess, mid-20s to late-20s. Probably late-20s. Being with someone for four years, you live with that person. Which means you breathe with them. You have your meals with them. You have sex with them in those rooms. You cry together in those rooms. You exchange love and joy in those rooms. And then towards the end, you find out that that person was cheating on you. He says it was only towards the end that he started cheating on her. I, I would doubt that. I would doubt that. Cheating doesn't just... Uh, he may say that because it makes the situation sound better to her, causes less pain to her. But I think we all know. I think we all know if you've studied enough stories and anecdotes of cheating, cheating happens well before the relationship ends. So anyways, she finds out that 
as partner that she's been living and breathing with cheating on her. What does that mean? We say the word cheating, but what does that mean? We need to dive into the pain here. The person that you were living and breathing with for four years went and decided to dishonor the dimensions of your relationship that you had invested your heart in, that you had deemed by this cubic this cubic box. I will place my heart in this cubic box, trusting that it will not get stabbed, that it will not bleed, that it will not burn. The very thing happens. It gets set on fire. By the very person that you entrusted not to set it on fire. That's why I'm smiling so much with this because the depth, it's real pain. It's real pain. It's not even an egoic pain in the sense of dark egoic. It's certainly egoic, but it's a light version of it. It's a positive sense of being willing to place your heart in a vessel. Place your water in a vessel and entrust that it will be carried correctly. That's, that's to me, it's like of the human experience, that's something that we should always allow ourselves the possibility for. And then for that to get destroyed in an instant, shattered, your perception of reality shattered when you find out that this partner was cheating on you, the depth of pain that would be felt. Pause that now. You would think any rational human being would want out immediately. Just leave. Would be better. Anything would be better than living with that, that person who caused all that pain. Just even if it means you have to go go back and uh, live with your grandma in the bloody basement or you have to go fork out for this shitty motel in fucking the backwoods. Right? You think that would be better than subjecting yourself to a living situation that is so heavily associated with the pain. The pain. But she chose not to. So what is she resisting? Herself. She's not resisting him. When we say how to treat a woman who both loves and resists you, the first thing you need to understand about resistance is that it has very little to do with you. He doesn't resist you. Of all the women I've been with that have had this hot, cold nature, that in one moment will be the lusting firebird and in the other will be the ice turtle shell. It is always a deep-seated flame, a, a harboring, a harboring of a way of being that was set in motion from long ago. It's never, it, because as far as we know, based on this story, Jay has been a reasonable energy for her. And he's definitely lacked a lot in terms of setting up the framework. But though, like I said, that fire hasn't burned them yet. It will. And then my my words that I just said about him will not be look so kindly. I will not be so kind to him when the burning does happen. But at this stage, he's he's been, by all accounts, you know, great, apparently. Enough to make her want to spend time with him. But with this hot, cold nature, I love you during sex, but then also I need to keep my distance from you. I need to resist. What she's resisting is a part of herself. It's much more than just, I don't want to get burnt by another masculine being, which Jay knew had said before. It's not just that I don't want to uh, open myself up to the possibilities 
of having my water misused and my height mistrusted. It's not just that. There is an added layer of attachment that is beneath that, that is the root of this pain. Because of, and that's why I gave so much, so much weight to the continues to live with him. We would be having a different discussion if she moved out immediately. But the fact that not only did she, because this happened in June, so what are we in now? November. So what's that? Seven months later, seven and a bit months later, give or take, she's been living in the very building that marks the association of intense pain for her. At first, it's because of pragmatics. Too expensive, she didn't want to run out on the contracts and super expensive living city arrangements. That's all paper walls to me. That doesn't mean shit. She may say that to you, Jay. She may say that to herself. She may attempt to comfort herself with that and say that the reason why I can't uh, move out is because it'd be too expensive to find another place or too much trouble, too much hassle. So I'll just put up with that. Nah, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. There's an attachment to that pain. Are you guys sensing a little bit of Pavlov's dog here? Are you guys sensing a little affection for the hand that whips you? Are you sensing a little bit of that here? I sure am. I sure am. I'm sensing a little lusting firebird here. I'm sensing a little... over-acceptance mentality. In which that... Even though she was so poorly treated that she had her heart destroyed by this previous guy, she's made a clear choice to stay with him. Now, she said to Jay, we're just friends. We're just friends. And that may be the case in the pragmatics of that maybe they're not having sex. I don't, I'm not saying she is. I'm not saying that she's cheating cheating on Jay, not, it couldn't even be cheating because they're not in a monogamous relationship, but I'm not even saying that she's lying about having sexual relations with the ex. She may or may not be. That's not really the point. The point is, is that she chooses to stay with him. Let's do away with, it's just an easy living situation and she's, it's in February, in February I'll move out. In February, because that's when the contract's up, that's when the lease is up. If she wanted out of that situation, she would have gone out. She, if it, what I'm describing here is that if the pain was great enough, she would have left. These are all things he needs to consider. I'm really talking to him in this room here. Now, this is not to infer that she wants to get back with him, Jay. Don't get confused with that. That's not what I'm inferring here. What I'm inferring is that illumination of where this hot, cold nature, this love and resist comes from. And why you can now see you attempting to change the T's and C's of your current relationship with her, even if you attempted to do it, would have little to no effect in terms of positively. It would only be a a loss. It would be a red X. Not only would you break her trust, you'd sever the connection with her because you attempt to sign a new contract that she didn't agree to the T's and C's of. But then at the same time, in her heart, she has a 
deep love for the pain that was caused by her ex. She may not have even acknowledged this for herself yet. She may not even have had this conversation with herself. But for someone to subject themselves to this type of situation, that's why I've been saying this entire podcast, it's a situation. For someone to continue to live with the partner that they were for four years who then cheated on her, I can't even imagine that. That's a... That's, that's, that's something that only someone who has such a deep level of attachment and pain to the pain that they caused, that it would be better for them to know that familiarity and that comfort, even if it does sting, but it's known. Now, some of you might hit the flip and go, okay, we understand this now. But, but there's something new. There's a new light. There was a new bridge that she attempted to walk down with Jay. Couldn't she attach onto that at the minimum? Not that that sounds very healthy, but couldn't she at the minimum attach onto that? Or couldn't she at least attempt to try and wean herself off and start to let go and open into that a little bit more? Wouldn't that be healthy? Or wouldn't that be good? Sometimes it's better to leave a vessel empty than to attempt to carry it when it is full. In the wise words of Sun Tzu. Let's get to the water and the vessel. For a lot of women, we give you this hot, cold nature. This I love you, but I resist you at the same time. A lot of these women have had to be too hard for too long. Have had to be the vessel and the water for too long. What does that mean? That because of their past pain, they put up walls. They never put down the shield. They won't allow someone else to be the vessel for them. They must be their vessel. They must be the water that fills it. And nothing else could interfere or interject with this. Too hard for too long. They've been forced into this position. Too hard for too long. Misused too many times. Mistrusted too many times. Too much pain. Too long. It's very hard to reverse that way of being. It's very hard to reverse that way of being if you are conscious about it, let alone unconscious. If a woman doesn't even know that she's been too hard for too long, she's been in the water and the vessel too long. She hasn't known what it's meant to be. and She hasn't even known what it's meant to allow a masculine being to be a vessel and to bring part of his vessel in with hers to create something new. Because it's not that we that I'm, if say she's listening to this, I doubt she is, but for any other females that would be listening to this, it's not to say that you ask a man to be your vessel. No. Life hierarchy. You bring yours, he brings his, and we create something new. Right? You bring a piece of your vessel, he brings a piece of his vessel, and you form it together. Knowing full well, though, that, that that was his piece and that was my piece, and if at any point that this vessel no longer continues to carry the water we wish to see in it, that we can separate, go back on our own journeys. So it's not that we're asking Jay to be her vessel, but most women that have been hurt, deeply hurt, experienced tremendous pain, I, can, I can't feel for her more enough. 
I cannot feel for this woman enough to be in a living situation that had so much pain attached to it. Still does. Still does. To the point where it's conditioned now, most likely subconscious and unconsciously within her, that this is more comfortable, more familiar, and that she would rather stay in this situation than attempt to allow the rekindling, the rebuilding of a new vessel. That the pain of the old vessel is more enticing, that is more satisfying that is more comforting than the potential of a new one. You know, that's so much pain. There's so much pain in, in dealt out in there. You understand this, the depth of pain. You must understand this. And so it makes sense that, that she's resisting, in quotes, you, Jay. But now I think you now know that she's not resisting you. All right. She's resisting the letting go of what is comfortable for her. And it's just so counterintuitive that most people don't realize that, yes, your pain is comforting because it's yours. Because it's the pain that your ego attaches to, that it knows, that it was dealt out. And it gives you a point of reference in this reality that I am alive. Be it pain or be it pleasure, I am alive. So this has gone very deep, extremely deep levels, understanding the psychology of what's going on within her. Most likely, of course. I'm sure there's other, I'm sure there are other things as well if we would have her here in this room. I'm sure there are other things that she would speak to. But just by actions, actions will always speak much louder to me than any phrasing of words. And just the very actions of that she chooses to stay in this relationship, uh, in this living situation, just being friends with this ex, saying that they've got a good friendship going now. I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that they have a good friendship going. I'm not even going to say that she's potentially sleeping with him. She could be, she may not be. It doesn't really matter. What matters is that she chooses to stay with him. So now we get to the buck point. Because Jay's questions, and Jay will now be thinking, all right, I get this. Thank you for enlightening that. So what to do though? Because Adam, I thought you said this was maybe not a no-win situation. I thought you said that this was potential, there was something we could do here. Because so far... It's all fire. It's all burning. It seems like a no-win. What you've described here is that I've set up a situation in which that from the moment I started this relationship with her, there was a fire behind us, which means we can never go back. We can never reverse it. Okay, I can't start a new relationship with her under new pretense, under new terms and conditions because she didn't sign up to that. So that option's out the window. But then you're also telling me that she's so deeply attached to the pain of that was caused. It was so tremendous because of the hand and the attachment she had to the hand that caused it. Of course, speaking metaphorically there, not that he actually physically hurt her, but psychologically caused more pain than he ever could have physically. Speaking about her ex, of course, not Jay. But she's so deeply attached to that that she's not even willing to give me a chance at forming a new vessel with her. So what to do? It's that's what I mean. It seems like such a no-win situation for either him or her. So class Q and A here. I'll give you guys the question before I just drop it. As we get deeper and deeper into these Q and As, I I like to I, I don't like to lead the questions too much. For those of you that are switched on, I just want you to give me your best guesses, and we'll see how you go. So now that you guys have understood the full situation that's happening here. And we've really gone through part one, part two. The final part three. Do any of you see a win here? 
Do any of you see what he could potentially do that would cause benefit, that would cause a positive situation out of all of this? I'm just going to put that there as the final class question. I'll give you guys some time to think about it. I'm sure you have been thinking about it. But now that you understand both sides now, both 50s, his 50, her 50, do any of you see a potential positive outcome here? Knowing that we've even set up the potential future flaming as well, knowing, you know, with the the flame that's already chasing them. Do any of you see something here? It's very a huge smile to my face because now it, of course, this is my, uh, this is what I do. If he was a client, I would already have, and I already have already come to the positive outcome of what can be done here. I just want to know if you guys have. So I'm going back up through the chat here. I'm just reading through some of the comments. Uh, Jay is talking about potential abuse slash abandonment, which has caused her to be emotionally unavailable. Uh, potentially some of it in there, but as uh, hopefully Jay can see now, that's not the core. There's maybe a layer of that, but it's not the core. Okay, we've got one. We've got one person here who's given their their potential positive. So I'm gonna give you guys just a little bit more time just to come in here. Is there a potential positive outcome here? Ashley Riderboard come and saying, "Does the ego end?" I have a cousin that was in a relationship for four years, and in the quarantine, she's not. Hang on. I have a cousin that was in a relationship for four years and in the quarantine, she is not sending nude or sexting. She says that she does not know why and, but she loves him. That's interesting. Not quite relevant to what we're talking about now, but when we get to open Q&A, when we get to open Q&A, feel free to copy and paste if you have any questions or repost your questions, but we need to stay focused on what we're talking about here. Interesting situation though. I'd need, need more context. That's, that almost doesn't make sense what you just said. That's why I took a moment to read it. Uh, ben High then comes in saying, okay, here we go. Ben High comes in. So the question I ask you guys is, now that we've been through the entire situation with Jay and uh, this woman, is there a potential positive outcome? Ben High says, growth and learning. Well, there's going to be growth and learning either way, Ben. Whether the... When, I'm not going to say that because that would give you the answer. There's going to be growth and learning either way. That's way too uh, aloof, not way too general, not specific enough. You have to tell me what they're going to learn from, what they're going to grow from. Your boy Tarumi restricted a or retracted a message. Son of Nile, I'm just going to call him Son. Son says, I think the best solution is to corner her, overpower her, somehow force her into taking action. What? Make communication easier. What? Okay, make communication easier, yes, but corner her, overpower her, somehow force her into taking action. That is so far off. I can't believe you would even say that. 
that's uh no no absolutely not that's a uh, painful that's a pain that's so far off it's so painful i'm not sure how long you've been in this chat for but it is never an a good idea to corner someone and try to overpower them and force them into taking an action not only on a ethics based level but on a tactical level of that would never work because what you're essentially describing there is that you're attempting to force light into their eyes you're trying to force a way of thinking and seeing into them which people will always reject they must come to see for themselves uh yeah and he then when i say i'm not talking physically okay good good that you're not talking physically but even psychologically that's really far off really far off there um definitely not jay new then comes in saying yes if you help her find her light she can go and then jay comes in with the complete reverse of sun which i just got this done describing saying yes if you help her find her light key there help her find her light and try and force light into her she can grow in a healthy direction with the next person even if that person is not you jay I love the beginning, Jaynu. I love the beginning. It sounds like you're learning from a few podcasts ago, which we schooled you on having someone find the light for themselves. Great. However, it is very general as well. Because you went on then to say she can grow in a healthy direction with the next person, even if that person is not you, Jay. So what are you inferring there, Jay New? Jay New, are you inferring there that he breaks up with her? Because that's what it sounds like you're inferring. How is he going to help her to find her light? Yeah, there's too many too many question marks about what you said there, Jay. So we'll keep on moving. Ben Hyde then comes in saying he will learn how to set his intent from the start. And she will grow to allowing others in and opening herself up again. Definitely, but I definitely agree that those are the lessons that need to be learned. But that doesn't mean much for now, Ben. That doesn't mean much for the scenario right now. We've got a situation right now. Something needs to be done. So you're talking about months later. You're talking about once a decision has been made. What I'm asking for is what decision needs to be made what needs to be done now that could potentially bring about a positive outcome if it's even possible. So I definitely agree with what you're saying, but it's not relevant to what's happening right now. Ivan Lopez then comes in saying, from the way I see it, he at most could guide her and she needs letting go of the familiar pain and come to terms with the new pain for the sake of development. Okay, so Ivan, I definitely agree with the guiding. He can definitely help to guide her into something. And he says at most could guide her and she needs letting go of the familiar pain, familiar pain and comes to terms with the new pain for the sake of development. I'm not sure what you mean by new pain though. Do, are you referring to the potential of having to change the relationship as the new pain? Is that what you mean? If that's what you mean, then I agree with you. If that's not what you mean, then I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, if there was one element of what you said that that was on, one element that you said was at most he could, uh, that he could guide her. And that's on the similar line to Jay Nu, helping her to find her own life for herself. Ben High then comes to saying he needs to let her go. Why, Ben? 
Ben, why? He needs to let her go. That's good. But that's five words. One, two, three. Sorry. Yes, five words. Yes? Six. Sorry, six words. That's six words. I need a lot more than that, Ben. But you're on, you're on a, you're, everyone else has been given very general and you were very general as well. So go deeper on that. Go on the specific. He needs to let her go. Okay. I'm willing to entertain that possibility. But why? I'm sure he's willing to entertain that possibility, but why? Actually, he's probably not willing to entertain that possibility until you give him a why. <laughs> I, I, because I have already, I know the end game here. And so if I'm telling you you're close, then you are getting close. You just need to go a little bit more. Sinhan then comes and saying, such amazing answers for development. But how can you apply if she doesn't interact with you sufficiently? I'm not sure what you mean by sufficiently. They see each other once a week. Just the fact that they see each other all is sufficient to be able to develop what we need to do. So I'm not sure what you mean there. Uh, Jane Nguyen then comes and saying, I can't decide if he needs to break up with her. Trying to imagine her path forward first. Ah, good, Jay. I like that because it means that you don't know. Good. I would much rather someone say they don't know than to give me an answer that they think is right, but really don't think is right. They think it's right, but they don't think it's right. I can always sense when your answers come out that way. I can always sense when answers are coming from a place of, this is truly what I think would be best versus this is what I think Adam thinks I want to say would be best. You know, the answer you think the examiner wants or the answer you just know inside that you think is best. You can always tell the difference between those kinds of answers. Ben High then comes in saying he needs to let go so he can continue his journey of casual relationships and growth. Yes, absolutely, I agree with you because he made an egregious mistake at the beginning of this relationship, which set the set the fire in motion. He set there, there never needed to be a fire on this bridge that was chasing them, that's currently chasing them. If he had set the open and free relationship from the beginning correctly, so you are correct on that. But as to that being the primary reason that he needs to let go, you're missing half the pie. You're on with half the pie, like, and the half that you've gotten, Ben, is Zenny. Yes, you've addressed, Ben is the first person to address a positive outcome from his point of view. Letting go of her would definitely be a positive outcome because it would allow him to recorrect and gain tremendous levels of growth in the face of pain, in relevance to pain, because it will be painful for him to let go of her, depending on the, deep, the depth of his ego. And to realize that it's because of a mistake of hit that what he made and he needs to go and relearn how to set up relationships correctly. So 100%, 100% on 50. But Ben, as is a common thing I've said in these live Q&As, something that T, if T was in this chat, would relate to is this. There's two people in this equation. It's not just one. You've given me an answer for one and it's a good one, but you're missing half the pie. So you need to think about her. 
Ivan then came with the next answer saying both should let go to fix their respective issues slash 50s. So Ivan has brought in what Ben was missing to a certain degree, but very general, very loose. Uh, You'd have to give way more specifics than that. Like we've just read out Ben's answer. So we think Ivan means the same as Ben, but we can't assume that. Ben Heinlein comes in saying, all right, you guys got to go, but I'll catch the rest and replay. Have the best day and go get some sunlight. No worries, Ben. Thank you for being here. Ashley then comes in saying, it's easy to say it, but sometimes you're in a relationship for years and are attached even with the smell of a girl and the sex is perfect, but you do not feel her investing the same amount. Okay, Ashley, that doesn't seem relevant to what we're talking about here. I definitely agree with you that the ego can get deeply attached, especially over time. But maybe you're maybe you're just sounding off of what the other guys are saying in terms of regarding to letting go. Um, so yeah, definitely letting go is not easy, nor should it be. If it was so easy, then we wouldn't be having this discussion. So I'm gonna put I'm gonna I've given you guys more than enough time to get this, so we're just gonna finish it up here now. Which is that. For those of you that said, what was the initial question? Is there a positive outcome? Because it seems like there's not. It seems like there's no way possible for these two to move forward together in which that is going to be healthy, wholesome, and productive for either. Ben got closest, took us halfway there specifically in saying that, well, a positive outcome for him will be to let go of her, aka break up with her for his sake. Because he made such mistakes at the beginning, set the bridge on fire from the beginning by not setting up a clear relationship from the beginning. So he needs to go back and relearn what this would mean. In fact, in fact, I'm going to pause that right there because now, because Ben doesn't say this, but now I'm going to play off that and go into what makes him feel entitled to go deep on her. In his message, in his message, he numerously on several occasions says that he's getting deeper feelings for her and actually wants something serious with her to the point where he even said to her, I'm thinking about something long-term, which actually made her arc up a bit, pissed her off a little bit because she said, what does that even mean long-term? Numerous times he has voiced the interest on going deeper with her. But how is, how in any way, shape or form has he earned that? Has he set the space in which that that is profit, in which that the foundations of their current relationship would give way to that and would allow for that to be something wholesome, rich, and true? As far as I can see, Jay, from me to you, looking at what you've done so far in this relationship, or maybe what I should say what you have not done in this relationship, I couldn't even fathom a scenario in you going into a deep monogamous relationship with her, getting into a serious relationship with her now. That's just based on your 50. Well, that's not even taking into account her pain. Which, again, I, and something that we have not addressed in this podcast yet, which is, why have you not addressed this? Nowhere in your message have you given me the energy or the vibe that you have had lengthy discussion with her in which that you said very little and you allowed her to say very much about the nature of her pain. I don't get any of that from your message. I'll show, I won't even, 
I don't even need to, it's not even so much just one thing. There are little micros within your messages, but there's an air of assumption. One of the core issues beyond the lack of setting up the dimensions of the relationship properly at the beginning was that you also seem to have assumed a lot. You seem to have assumed that her nature and feeling towards you are what they are. That there isn't something else going on. You seem to have assumed that what her idea of love is your idea of love. You have seemed to have assumed that her idea of resistance is the same idea as your resistance. There's a huge, there is a huge elephant, there's a huge panda in this room, a huge red panda in this room, in which that not only was there not clarity on the relationship itself, but clarity of how she's feeling. How many times, Jay, have you sat down with her and said, listen, tonight, I just need to understand you. I need to understand you so we can understand us. And I want you to tell me everything about how you're feeling uh, towards me, towards your ex. I'm not even going to say much at all. I just want to listen. How, I wonder how much you've done of that. Because of all the vibe you give me in, this, in your messages here, it sounds like there's not a lot of it. Even to the point, in real directness, when you say... Should I be focusing on seeing other girls as well? The flip side to this is that I know it would not be acceptable for her. How do you know that though? We, I've been, for the sake of the podcast, been doing things future play using all of my experience as a coach over the last five, six years. And seeing thousands and countless of stories like this. But on your one-to-one POV, how do you know this is not acceptable? Have you spoken to her about it? Maybe you have. You, don't, you definitely did not give me that impression in this message. You definitely have not instilled me the confidence that you've sat down with her and asked her to open up about everything and anything. Just haven't had that. So there are countless mistakes being made on your part. They all stemmed back at the beginning though with the relationship dynamics not being set correctly. But then that's, I guess that's, that's the majority of it. That is the core of it. But then something that just continues to perpetuate is a lack of clarity in now. Clarity in now of how she's feeling now. How she's feeling towards you now. How she's feeling about her ex-boyfriend now. And what that means for you two in relation. So, so let's pause that. None of you gave me a positive outcome for her. Except for very loosely one or two of you said that she needs to let go of him. As in she needs to let go of Jay. But none of you said why. None of you gave me specifics. I'd be willing to entertain that as a possibility if you could tell me why. Like I'm sure maybe one of you could try and spin something there that might make that seem reasonable. But why? So I'll ask the question for you. Why is it a positive outcome for her to let go of Jay? She's not resisting Jay. Is she? Haven't we been over this, guys? I think we spent a good deal of time on this. For those of you that said the positive outcome for her would be to let go of Jay, very far off. Super far off. Because if you are saying that, what that means is that you're inferring that she's resisting Jay himself. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're listening to the story, and if you actually just dived into it deeply enough, you'd find that she's not resisting Jay at all. In fact, if anything, to this stage in their relationship, he's been good. She doesn't know about the flame behind her, though. 
She doesn't know about the pain that he's about to cause, which we've discussed, the lack of relationship dynamics. So there will be pain caused and she will be able to blame Jay for that. Jay will be responsible for that pain because of the lack of clarity he set from the beginning. But they're not there yet. As far as they're concerned right now, as far as they're concerned right now, he's being good. So why is it a positive outcome for her to let go of him? A At this stage, reasonable masculine energy that's setting a good space for her. At least at this stage. Asterix. So that's, uh, that's, that's nonsensical, that's illogical, I would not recommend. What is she resisting? Herself. The attachment to the hand that caused the pain at the beginning. Right? She knows that that's how she feels alive. That's her, that's her reference point in reality. That's, that's the only way someone could rationalize allowing themselves to live in such a painful situation for so long. That now that actually, for better or worse, I enjoy this pain. And it's a conversation that doesn't get said consciously. It's not a conversation that someone has with themselves in the day, but they know deeply, unsaid, the comfort that comes from it. The comfort that comes from it. As, uh, as, as some of you like to describe in this live chat, the prisoner's dilemma. Right? It's the Shawshank. It's the old man in Shawshank. So for her, positive outcome... I'm surprised that none of you, it's interesting that none of you took the low-hanging fruit because there's such an obvious one. There's such an obvious one, which is what what is the root of her resistance? The root of her resistance is the association that keeps it alive. What is the association? The living situation. If we were to remove her from that situation, Do you think this story sounds anything like it does? Do you think this podcast even has gone down the same line that it has? Absolutely not. This podcast may not even have been a podcast. I might not have even given this much time to it if it didn't play out this way, if she hadn't made these decisions. The resistance point lies in association to the living situation. That's what keeps the feelings perpetuated. That's what allows the fire inside her to keep burning away at her. Just slowly, day by day, a little more pain, just a little more pain, keeps me alive, lets me know that I'm alive. It keeps her feeling like that it, this was my vessel and it will always be my vessel. So there's no way that I could allow for a new one, the vessel in the water. But what if you remove her from that living situation? How can someone attempt to repair and grow if they're constantly living with the pain that was caused in the beginning? When a woman has been cheated on, especially after a four-year relationship, and just the, the, the blood that must have been spilt psychologically there, how could you ever expect her to repair and to attempt to enter something new and to attempt to allow another masculine being to help form a new vessel with her? How could she ever be expected to enter that line of thinking and that walk of that journey if she's going to remain in the same place, if she's going to continue to stay in the same fire that caused that bleeding to begin with? It's, it's uh, I don't, I'm not sure if you guys are just not, maybe I've maybe been bamboozled by too many factors going on here. Maybe it's just because uh, I've had a few days to marinate on this, but it seems like that's a very low hanging fruit that if she was one of my clients, that's the first thing that I'd be recommending her to consider, which is why do you choose to stay in the pain? It's like, I know you, I know why, like I know why, but why? Now that you know why, 
why. It's like once you get past the first why, then the second one becomes accessible. Once she understands why, because she's comfortable with that pain, that pain is a reference point of existence, then she can ask the second why of going, well, does that need to persist? And hence, I no longer need to resist. And so she can extricate from that situation, even if it means a less than optimal living situation, maybe she has to go live in the backwoods in a motel for three months or whatever, go live at grandma's place for a few months, for a year or whatever. Surely that would be better when she understands. Yeah. Why would it be better though? It'd be better because it gives her a chance to grow. It gives her a chance, to re- a chance to repair. If she never has a chance to repair, if she never has a chance to grow, she will always form this form, uh, display this form of resistance. And that's so you, from Jay's perspective, he will constantly be getting this hot and cold. This is where this conversation needs to end, I guess. This is the final point. Jay, this will never end. Doesn't matter what you do. This will never end in her current space of existence. It'll never go away. The nature of her life is what it is right now. And to think that anything that you do, be it as good as it could be, which it hasn't been, but even if it was, let's say you had set it up right from the beginning, you'd still be experiencing these issues. So what's the positive outcome? What's the positive outcome? I'm always thinking about win-win for both. I'm never just thinking about Jay or whatever her name is for her. It's always what's the best for both. Well, Jay can't force this other girl to wake up into the why of her pain. He can't force that realization. Nor can he force her to the tactical of having her move out as a result of that, which would allow her to repair and grow. He can't force that. He can try and say that, but she'll resist that hard, reject that hard to the same point of what I was trying to tell that sun guy earlier in the chat. You try and force that light in someone's eyes, they're going to throw it straight back at you with a sharp on the end of it. So he can't force that. So the best outcome for both, if you look at it from a 30,000 foot perspective, is that she has a chance to repair and grow, which means she leaves the association of pain and a reference point in reality of pain. She comes to that for him. He lets her go so that that he can rectify the mistakes that he made at the beginning. Relationship dynamic setup, dimension setup, and also there's one more as well. Oh, also his lack of uh, his over assumptions and lack of clarity in terms of how each are feeling and what's going on between each other. That's his two keys to work on, which he definitely needs to separate from her to do so. No, no casual seeing of her. He needs to, he needs to feel pain. He needs to understand pain. Lessons carry very little weight in relation to very little pain. If there's not much pain involved, which is what I discussed last week in cold approach versus online dating, there's very little pain involved in online dating, no matter how those relationships end. Why? Because the weight of the lessons. There's not much blood in them. There's a lot of blood in your cold approach interactions though, because you had to inspire those. You had to put all of yourself into those. They were an extension of you in a very real sense. So that's the reasons for him. And if those two were to do those things together, that's the best outcome for both of them. That would be a win-win for both of them. The mistake you may have thought if you were going through this podcast thinking that, yeah, it doesn't sound like there is a win here for Jay. For Jay. It depends on what you determine a win to be. 
I would agree with you if you think a win is to try and have her convert and have her sign up to a new relationship with him with different T's and C's, somehow make that work, and which we now know is not possible, so that's not an option, or somehow get her to leave the get him to get her to leave the situation with the ex and just be with him altogether. That's not going to happen. Can't force that light into her. So there is no win if you determine a win for Jay in terms of having this perpetuate with her. That's There's no win in that. The win is in his long-term development, in his life development. The win is for Jay to become a man in his transition from boyhood to manhood psychology. A boyhood psychology version of this would run, would continue in an open and free or in a casual style that he has been with her so far, wouldn't attempt to change the T's and C's and just see what happens. That's That would be running away from the situation and not addressing it. The manhood psychology of this situation would be to sit down with her and to explain to her what we've just gone through. AKA, why I need to leave the situation because of the mistakes that I've made and the mistakes that are about to be made. She and then and then and then once he's explained to her that's why he needs to leave, then give her the floor, give her the space to open up about her understanding about the pain going on with her and her ex and the living situation there. Not because he has to force some realization, but just because that is a skill that all men need to have to be able to resurrect a space and an environment in which a woman can give you full clarity of how she's feeling and thinking. That's a prerequisite of all men. Uh, I wouldn't. I would be apt to call you a man if you aren't able to do that. Most boys, old boys, run away from that, let alone have any efficacy in actually executing it. So that is the true win, right? That that is in because I'm uh, impartial. I'm impartial. He's not my brother. He's not my son. And if he was my brother, and if he was my son, I'd be even harsher with him. Right, just the fact that, uh, but, but I don't. Like, it doesn't matter whether I know him well or not, whether he's my blood or not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change the social dynamics of the situation, which is what's best for both of them. So, Jay, even though you weren't here live in the chat, hopefully you can understand this, and I expect there will be a lot of pain uh, for you if your ego remains deeply attached. If you do not believe that you have a hierarchical purpose above this woman and that she also has a hierarchical purpose above you. We'll see. Remains to be seen, huh? So I thank you very much for dropping in this uh, intense context. It's an extremely intense context. And now, my friends, that ends the preloaded context for social Q&A. Now we have time for open Q&A, which means that any questions now on dating, social dynamics or relationships, anything you want, you can drop it in the chat box there. If you want to use the super chat option, which is a donation to the channel, help support the show. Your question gets bumped to the top and I give way more time to it. That's always most appreciated. And also if you're here in the live chat and you haven't dropped a thumbs up yet, that'd be most appreciated if you could hit that thumbs up down below and uh, just help support what's going on. I love rich context like this. I love stories that are just got, not only are they real, but they they mean a lot. They mean a lot. Okay, so what's going on with this chat? Why can't I, why can't I scroll down here? What's going on here? 
Okay, here we go. So I think somewhere in this chat, a couple of you had dropped some questions that were just not relevant uh, to the point at hand. So if that was you, you feel free to drop those questions now. I'm just going to go back to the chat. There's a few things you said. And Jay New would come and say, he definitely needs to let go for himself, but he needs to communicate that with her. She needs to understand why, and he should be brutally honest about not being able to guide her at the moment. And the truth will set them both free. Well, the truth, the truth of that will set him free. I definitely agree with that, Jay. The truth, the truth of what Jay's just said in terms of describing all of his inadequacies, that will set him free. It won't set her free, though. He needs to do some, He needs to guide her into something, which I've already discussed. The pain. The pain. Help her understand her pain. That will set her free. But his realization, or him just bringing about his own inadequacies won't set her free at all. In fact, that'll probably make her more entrenched and probably make her uh, fall into a place of darkness if he doesn't provide. Do the opposite, actually. That'll probably bury her because then she'll start to self-interpret that, self-interpret that unless he then finishes it by saying, but hang on a second, that's my 50. Now we need to understand yours. Now we need to understand your pain. And then that'll help her to separate and become free then. Uh, Jay Newman then comes saying, which he would understand if he listened to and acknowledged her depth and breadth of her pain. Oh, good. Wait, which he would understand if he listened to it. He would definitely understand more, but that's a freedom that she has to give herself. He then says, uh, Jay New then says, she may or may not smack his hand away, but he will have been DCA and can always check in from time to time. And that's the best we can ask for. The bare minimum at least. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When I say let her go or break up with her, that doesn't mean abandon her. There's a lot of guys get a big mis- get quite mistaken with. You know, just because you're not in a sexual relationship with a woman doesn't mean you can't care for her. Doesn't mean that you can't be there for her. Doesn't mean that you can't just sit down on the couch and open up that ear and let her run her tap. Let her exhaust herself. Because actually I think a lot of women will acknowledge that, that sometimes that's what they need and that's what they want. Guys don't necessarily want that. I don't know many of my friends or myself who like who like that. We like to have objectives towards things. But a lot of women will often say, is they sometimes I just want to talk it out. I just want to let the tap run, which is why I use that analogy so much. Because I think actually a girl once said that to me and it's just stuck in my mind. Adam, I just want to let the tap run. So Amar comes in with a question in open Q&A now saying, how do you deal with women when they say, I think we should get to know each other first through texting. End quotes. When trying to set up for a day two. <laughs> Very good, Amar. This is a good question. So, Amar, since you're here in the sesh, how have you been handling it? Because it sounds like this is a situation you're currently dealing with. So, first, tell me what you did do, and then I'll help to enlighten you. I'd be very interested to see what you did do. And the reason why I'm getting my phone out here is because I've got something uh, got something I can show you. Well, it's not show you. It's something I can read out. It's something I can play out. 
So I'm waiting for Amar to give us an answer on that. When he does, I'll come back to it. But Jay New is coming with a question for open Q&A saying, I know you asked for the, oh, yes, yes. Jay says, I know you asked for the day game situation in New York City. Uh, so I, I didn't actually. I just just asked for the nature of social interaction in New York City, but okay. Uh, so, so, I mean, it's that, like, I want to know about all of it is what I'm saying, not just many people of the day. But then he goes to say New York City, so I describe it, uh, it as somewhat limited indoors. However, outdoors is equally good, if not better than pre-COVID-19. Bang! That's what I wanted to know. Thank you, Jay. Uh, so what are you saying? You're saying you can't go to clubs and bars? Is the night open or no? Are you able to go out to clubs and bars? Answer that question for me. That's good to know in the day because Jay knew was saying that uh, he was just out doing meeting some women in the day just before. So Jay is saying that the women I've – Jay knew saying the women I've met are maybe a bit less likely to entertain a cold interaction – but those that do will go deep with you if you know what you're doing. I'd be very careful with that generalization, my friend, as to that may be the feedback you're receiving, but the reason for it may have very little to do with what you think it does. I was just coaching a client on this who's in the United States right now, who's in a different state, who had a deeply installed preconception that his interactions are not going well because of COVID because people are less inclined for social interactions because they're afraid. And what I explained to him was that that is a self-reinforcing belief that will cause a certain outcome again and again on time on time. Founded on something that maybe is not necessarily true. Because what I've found since COVID situation is that people are more open and more receptive to social interaction, especially cold approach. Far more powerful. They've been starved They've been starved of social connection and emotional leadership. So now anyone who comes up in a cold style and is executing properly is now getting added, added flame, added bonus points. It seems even more amazing now. People have been starved. However, if you go out and receive a few cold interactions and it's actually a result of your 50 in terms of your social dynamics were off, something in your intent, eyes, vocal, body, or vibe was off. But you interpret that as being because, oh, no, no, it's just, I'm getting really bad reactions most of the time because of COVID though. It's because of COVID. If you choose to believe that, that is what will manifest and will keep repeating in a cyclical nature. But not for the reason you think it is. The end result is the same. You're still having rubbish interactions for the most part. But it's not because people are any less inclined to social interaction. It's actually the opposite. It's actually the opposite. I have clients from all around the world different cities, different countries, different languages for a lot of them. And if I, and from my viewpoint, taking in all of these different perspectives that are completely unrelated to each other, yet performing the same actions, the same process of cold social dynamics, what I'm finding is that the ones who believe that the COVID situation is an aid and that is actually helping their social interactions because of what I said before, the starvation that they're actually doing so much better. I just had a client who just finished off a 30-day challenge who just fucking killed it. Had one of the most amazing times. And uh, he would tell you a very different story. Yet, if you talk about the other clients in the United States who have a similar mentality as Johnny, who thinks that, no, the reason why poor, poor interactions is because of COVID, 
it's like you can see, and uh, that really blew a light bulb in his mind because he's like, shit, maybe it is that it's because I believe the COVID situation is having a negative impact on my interactions. That's actually why they're going negative. Might not that the COVID situation, but because I believe that the no, the COVID situation has a negative impact. I'm like, bingo. Us. Us. Because uh, I can tell from my, I can tell you from my one one on one point of view, uh, being down here in Australia, particularly working with clients who are here in Australia, Melbourne, which had the strictest lockdown out of anywhere in the entire world, and lockdown for basically eight months, harsh lockdown. They've only just started to come out of it, but even during that time, I had clients who were meeting people, and if they had donned the mentality of that, actually, no, if this is helpful, this works. Not only does it work, but it actually helps. It's like when I had talked to that guy in the, about the masks. Last week, a guy asked me how to negotiate face masks in a COVID situation while doing cold approach. And I said, it's all mentality. Does this help you or does this hurt you? If you believe it hurts you, it will. If you believe it helps you, it will. And I gave him a whole bunch of references of how you can use the masks to bolster your interactions, to make them unique, to have them help you. It's all mentality. It's all mentality. So even in the strictest of lockdown places. So just be very careful, Jay, with what mentalities you decide to believe, what rules you set for your life. Because they will determine how you move. Jay then comes in saying, uh, I've not gone to bars or clubs, but there are some possibilities around the city. Ah, butte. Butte. So just the fact that they're open, that's what matters. Thank you for that intel, because I will. Uh, I'll relay that to one of my clients in New York. That's good. I mean, not that I'm, I'm sure he knows that, but I think what he wanted to know is that are uh, there other people out in New York going out and meeting people? So, uh, hey man, uh, I appreciate that. So, Amar has not gone back to us with any context on his question of. I think we should get to knowing each other. Uh, when he said, "How do you deal with a woman who says?" I think we should get to know each other through texting first, through texting, when you try to set up for a day too. I wanted to know what Amar has been doing. He has not been either present or courageous enough to give us that. However, I'm here to roll on. Oh, wait. He literally is just coming now. He's literally just coming now saying, I tried to find out why she wasn't comfortable meeting. She said that the last time she went on a date with a guy, she doesn't she doesn't know that he was lame and boring and the date was awkward. Okay, so essentially what Amara is attempting to tell us is that when women have been telling him, hey, we need to get to know each other through texting first before meeting up, the way he's been handling it, he's just asking why. And uh, she's given, this one particular woman's given a reason. And not a bad reason either. Not a bad reason either. Uh, when when he says when he says that she says the guys have been lame, boring, and awkward, and the day has been awkward. That's a reasonable reason. So I, I'm not mad at that reason at all. So I said I'd give you something here, uh, Amar. I give you I give you a real Easter egg. Give you a real bonus. So I had an exact situation like this. Uh, back, back in, back in the depths of COVID, when we were really deep in it, and uh, so I met this girl on Tinder, I believe. Yes, uh, 
and it was really on point. Like the connection was great. Uh, on Tinder, there was a lot of fire back and forward in terms of for the first three or four messages. And then of course we segue onto private socials straight after that. So this is on WhatsApp. Uh, she says, hi, Adam. It's my name here from Tinder, smiley face. She texts me on WhatsApp. I said to her, hey, her name, hope you're having a banger of a day. I know it's last minute, but if you came for a coffee slash tea adventure around 5 p.m. today, let me know. And she goes, oh, it's been pretty good so far. Sure, Lord, whereabouts are you? Uh, so she's keen. I said, I'm in this particular location. Let's meet here. And she goes, oh, I'm really far away. I don't go to the city that much. She lives really far away from the city. And I say, oh, she tells me where that is. And I say, shit, that's a good minute away. No worries then. And she goes, yeah, it is, lol. That's dumb because I was looking forward to meeting you. Unhappy face. And I say, well, if you're keen to meet in town sometime, just let me know. Now, at this point, it doesn't sound relevant to Amar, but hang on, listen to this bit. So I say, well, if you're keen to let me, if you're keen to meet in town sometime, just let me know. And she says, I would like to meet you, but not sure when I'll be in town next. Would you be keen to chat on here still to see if we click? So even though it's not the exact same uh, situation as a Mars, it's the same nature of beast in which that she's essentially saying, like she's saying it for a different reason, but essentially what she's still saying is that let's spend time hanging out on this pixel device to get to know each other first. That's essentially what she's communicating. Because listen, my friends, like you don't know what city I'm, uh, you don't, unless you live here in Adelaide. Well, I haven't even told you where she lives though, so she wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. But she's, it's not like she's hundreds of kilometers away from the city. She's making an active choice to not go out of her way to come meet me halfway and would prefer to spend time on pixels getting to know each other first that's a decision she's making which is essentially what amar is also dealing with here when uh, a woman said to him let's get to know each other first through texting different reasons but the same end result essentially so amar uh i sent her a voice message back and i'll play that for you right now I've been careful not to use her first name, but I guess it doesn't really matter because you can't see her face or anything. So have a listen to this. Yo, Hannah, thank you very much for the message and the offer, but I've got to be 100% real with you, which is that I'm not really a fan of just having conversations through text and pixels and even with phone calls and video. It's just not the same as real energy. So, uh, hey, listen, there's no rush. Whenever you uh, get a moment, if I happen to be free, just send me a message and... We'll see what we can do. But yeah, I'm not the type of guy to just kind of sit around texting back and forward with people. I prefer real energy. So hopefully you can understand that. And uh, and even if you, even if that's not something you're interested in, that's cool as well. Wishing you, uh, wishing you the best though. Ciao. And there you go. How did she respond? She responded by saying, that's okay in capitals. Well, the that's was in lowercase, but the capitals was okay. She goes, that's okay. I totally understand. I'm not a big messenger either. Just thought it could have been a start, smiley face. I'm into similar stuff to you, I think, and I don't find that on Tinder often. I didn't respond to that message because she didn't meet me halfway. So, Amar, I mean, I, I couldn't give you a more direct example. That's a real-world example of how I handled it, which is that direct, congruent, authentic. I'm not going to bend my principles uh, just to accommodate her. If she's not willing to 
at the bare minimum, meet me halfway in real life first. Whatever her reason may be. Now, her reason is because she just lives far away. And I, and she, what was she hoping for? That I was going to drive 90% of the way so she could take a 10% 10-minute 10 walk to come meet me? It's like, that's essentially what she's communicating. Not worth my time. Oh, it's disrespectful. Disrespectful of, uh, like, what does that say about her? What does that say about her? That she's a princess that has to be waited on hand and foot? That's why I didn't respond to her last message. The way her last message, if you're a woman watching this, should have sounded was going, oh, yeah, well, I, I guess I guess uh, I can meet you. In t- I'll meet you halfway. I'll meet you in town. See you there. Boom, new connection starts. <laughs> Obviously, she's in a weird place in life that she's not willing to make that sacrifice in her, in her times, in her terms. But let's look at Amar's here. Amar's saying that the reason that she gave was that the last date she went on with a guy was that he was lame, boring, and the date was awkward. So... If I was in that position, and let's say this girl had said that exact same reason to me, how would that voice message from me sound? It would just change the context. And it would go, listen, I'm not a fan of meeting on, of getting to know people through pixels. It's not real. It's not real energy. So I totally understand that the last guy you went out with was an absolute fish. Uh, however, I'm not sure why you would put that on me. I'm not, I'm not judging you for it, but listen... It seems like a bit of a waste. Anyways, if you want to meet up, let me know. Done. So I would make her aware of what she's doing in terms of painting the past onto something new, but I'll do it in a way that leaves the door open in saying that. So listen, I'm not sure why just because you having a fish date with a fish guy last week means anything for us. It seems like a bit of a waste. But anyways, if you are free and you do and you are keen, just let me know and I'll see what's up. That's how I'd handled that particular one. The principles are the same though. You don't need to take a word for word. It's not lines. It's a principle. Principle is direct, congruent, authentic. You don't bend, but you use social savviness to address the context. That's it. Grim Lord comes in saying, are you related to Robert Whittaker? I am not, but shout out to the old wit. Shout out to the Whittaker. Robert Whittaker, for those who don't know, uh, former UFC middleweight. I believe it's middleweight. Yes. Former UFC. I'm pretty sure it's middleweight. Sorry, Rob, if I'm getting that wrong. But former middleweight UFC champion, but is now number one contender after having uh, destroyed Jan Cannonier, Jared Cannonier, a couple of weeks ago. Shout out to Robbo. Uh, I'm not related to Robbo. That's an interesting connection you made it there. Jane, who comes and saying, haha, feel free to direct your client to me on socials. I have no problem meeting and possibly helping helping fellow people on the journey. Yeah, potentially. Thank you for the offer. Potentially. Like, uh, you two are in very different places in life. Sometimes, and for example, that's actually a very good reason why a lot of my very deep clients aren't even in the World Bowl Facebook group because they've acknowledged that they need to do work on their own. So not a reflection of you, Jay, more about a reflection of how you two would interrelate in the stages of the journeys. And then Grimlord goes and say, hi, hi, you sound exactly like him. I don't mind that. I do not mind that. Thank you for that reference. Okay, guys. So if there are no further Q&As, uh, further open Q&As, we're going to end this session here. We're going to end this session here. 
And uh, as I've been doing the last month or so, just ending the podcast on a real high note and giving you guys the real summary wrap-up, when it comes to women that love and uh, show you the hot cold, the firebird and the turtle shell, they give you the fire, they give you the ice, they give you the love, they give you the resist. What's most important from the masculine point of view is to understand what and who is she resisting. Most of the time, it is not you. Most of the time, it is something deeply embedded within her subconscious that she is not even aware of. Previous pain. Flames still raging on within her from months, years ago. Abuse, psychological abuse for the most part. The journey for you as a man is to set up the space in which that she could open up at, let you in, help you to understand her pain. And in doing so, helps her to work her through her pain, help her help herself. That's the most important thing when it comes to the resistance point of view. When it comes to the loving point of view from the masculine, am I loving the right way? Because in my point of view here, or from my perspective as a coach here, Jay in that story uh, is not loving her in the right way. In fact, is loving her in a way in which that there's a fire burning behind them. What does loving in the right way mean? Direct, congruent, authentic with empathy and trust over time. Setting up, and that's in macro, in micros, what does that mean for his situation? Setting up the relationship dynamics and dimensions that allow for growth, prosperity, and truth in future. In perpetuity, forever and always. It's more Diane. That's where we end that right there. So I thank you all so much for diving in. <clears throat> diving in on this podcast. Uh, if you haven't already, drop a thumbs up on this video down below. If you're listening to this in podcast land, which I know most of you overseas are, and you have further questions, feel free to drop them on the YouTube video. I always come back and answer them. And uh, we're rolling on here, rolling on in season five of Social Q&A. And I thank you all for your presence, for your time. We'll end it right here. Wishing you all the absolute best. Much peace and much joy. Thank you very much, my friends, for diving into this episode of Social Q&A Live. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had a great time. And just before you run off, don't forget, that guide to meditation, Eternal Energy, has now been released, now available at boldojo.com. Dive into who you are and evolve beyond. You can also pick up the ebook, book one-on-one Skype coaching, all at boldojo.com. Donate anything you wish through the PayPal links or the Boldojo podcast uh, donation link. All of that's tremendously appreciated. And I'd also love your feedback on this session. Whether you want to... Actually, I'd most appreciate your feedback on the actual YouTube videos itself. If you go into YouTube, drop your comments there. That's probably the best way. It really just helps support the channel. And I always... uh, I actually source the next episodes of Social Q&A from the previous episodes of Q&A. I often just look at the comments and often find really good uh, ideas for topics there. So if you got a suggestion for a future Social Q&A that we can kick things off with... Just head over to the YouTube channel at The Bowl and uh, drop it down there. Get engaged, subscribe to the channel, support what's going on here. And that would be uh, tremendously appreciated. With that being said, I wish you all the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy.